Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the original flagship podcast of the Potterfic Weekly family, where each week we cover several chapters of a novel-length Harry Potter fanfiction, discuss what we like and dislike, and compare to other fanfiction we've read. If you like in-depth fandom discussion, but you'd prefer to hear about TV shows, movies, or other novels, check out the Puffwa Exchange. If you enjoy chat between the hosts about their daily lives and a wide variety of other topics, and the occasional episode of a Harry Potter role-playing game, or you prefer to listen to live, unedited podcasts, check out Point of View Weekly, the newest member of the Potterfic Weekly family, available on pointofviewweekly.com or live on Ustream under the Puffwa username most Thursdays. So, guess who I tried to get to come on the podcast tonight? Who'd you try to get on the podcast tonight? Melinda Leo. That would have been fun. I was chatting with her on Facebook, and I said to her, Hey, you want to come on tonight? We're doing a lovely Harry Hermione story set in fifth year. It's got the most awesome characterization of Ron I've ever seen. And she's like, uh, get serious. <laughs> I said, no, he's not in this pic. Oh, Melinda. We miss you. Yes. I am planning on inviting Melinda to the wedding. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, well, she's close. Mm-hmm. And we need to staff the Puffwa table. Jen, Melinda, and Ryan? That could be deadly. <laughs> Let's see. Um, well, it won't matter by the time this comes out, but I plan to invite Julia, and Ellie will be coming. Oh, I was. that was my question. How did Ellie do? Well, she doesn't know, of course, but... She's got the nervous good feeling. Okay. We will see. She's a smart girl. Mm-hmm. Very, very smart. Quite a bit smarter than me. And, you know, praying hard for her. She was good. She held off on going to see Avengers until after it was all over. Well, that was nice. Probably smart. Mm-hmm. She's got a crazy fixation on Loki. I don't know what she's talking about. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't either. Uh, we had talked about going to see it on Monday, but Calvin had already gone, so we ended up not going. Mm. Calvin's like, I saw it Friday. We're like, <laughs> So he can't go see it again? I know. Apparently not. Guess not. Evidently, he didn't think it was that good. Apparently. he Actually, he didn't like it very much. Really? He said it was weak. Hmm. Well, I did hear that there's something like... 30 minutes of deleted scenes. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at Lee. What's Lee doing? He's in the bathtub. And Jen says, who are you? And he says, Iron Man. And she says, and why are you Iron Man? And he says, because I have mustache and beard. Or beard and mustache or something like that. <laughs> He's got a soap bubble one, you know. That awesome. Let's see. Have you heard that uh, President Obama has come out in favor of gay marriage? I have heard that. Sort of interesting the way it happened. Yeah, I, I just saw it when I, the computers at work pop up, you know, news stuff. I skipped over that one to read about the pit bull that some police officer got to protect his mother. And his mother was out walking with the dog and passed out on the railroad tracks. And the pit bull pulled her, must have pushed her. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but the dog got her off the railroad tracks but ended up getting hit by the train instead. Oh. And broke its pelvis and lost one leg, but it's surviving so that was cool i'm always so sad to hear about stories that happen to yeah. animals and such like that yeah. did you hear the one about down in uh um i think it was somewhere in australia actually they threw a rave at a zoo and apparently some moron 
decided that it would be funny to share heroin with the dolphins. Oh. And they uh, they have to consciously come to the surface and breathe. Right, or and, they drown. And it, and it shut off that part of their brain. Nice. It's an absolutely disgusting story, and I commented, and I said, as a raver, we absolutely, absolutely condemn this. Oh, yeah. These are the people who give us a bad name. And yeah. this is it. That's terrible. Because initially they were thinking that it was the vibrations that had affected them because, you know, they hear with their sonar and all that mm -hmm. and navigate by it and, and, and whatnot. So, but the autopsy revealed that it was heroin, heroin. Oh my God. I mean, I know my fellow ravers, I know they do a fair amount of substance abuse, but even they don't do heroin. <laughs> yeah. And if you do it, you don't share it with the dolphins. Yeah, well, that's another thing that doesn't make sense. What heroin junkie thinks that he can just give away the stuff that he bought? Yeah, that's... I know addicts. They're all about holding on to... So, but I don't know, but it's it's so very sad. <laughs> Kat's sending me messages and I'm ignoring her. She's like, so... I'm like, oh, there you are. <laughs> oh, Hi. Hi! <laughs> oh, hi! It's a good thing that Helga made funky noises at me, or I wouldn't have known you were there. I told you like ten minutes ago, like, I'm like, okay, I'm ready! And then I'm just sitting there, reading, reading. It's only six minutes ago. That's Oh, six minutes ago? Well, you said go mm -hmm. ahead at 6.11, and then at 6.12 you said ready, and at 6.18 you said... Children, yeah! children, children... <laughs> So it's very weird, just as a general note, it's very weird for me to get back in this mindset, just because I've been spending all day, like, <laughs> in the the world of non-Harry Hermione. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. Victor, I love you. Victor, I do. When we're apart, my be heart beats only for you. <laughs> Uh, uh, I know what Kat's been writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh, instead of new conversation, yeah, I thought so. I think it's like Vox Five, though. Yeah, but this is last week's. Oh, it's okay. I just found last week's chat and popped it back up. There you go, Mom. My mom had this wonderful idea for my birthday. My poor mom. I feel so bad for her. So the first thing she, I guess for Christmas, but then she decided to save it. She got me one of those digital frames. Mm -hmm. And the idea was to go through my internet pictures, pick out the pictures of Kat and Ray and all the people that I've visited here and the people that I have pictures of and put them on this digital frame for me so that I could have my Puffa family there. Aww. Aww. The damn thing won't load. Aww. Because we have a Mac... You cannot put pictures from the Mac into the digital frame. So we said, okay, that's fine. They went out and bought a 16 gig thumb drive, did it so that you, you know, the way you do it on the Mac so that it, it will show further things. It won't recognize the thumb drive. Did you register the thumb drive as a Mac compatible thumb drive? No. Okay. I'm trying to think what kind of, what, well, what like, we're what, do, is we're going what? to take it to my brother and have him put him on the, the okay. his computer and then download it from his computer. Apparently that works. 
There you go. Backlash, yeah. I feel like this is tech time with PS again. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, Mom worked on it, worked on it. She worked on it so much. Hey, hey, I, hey, hey. I actually have a degree. I'll have you know. Uh-huh. I went to bed early the night before my birthday, and I got up to find half of my Skype chats wiped out. She didn't oh, close Skype. She didn't close all the chats, but she somehow got rid of Ryan, Jen, Scott, Kelly, Kat, the Igloo. I'm like, how did you do this? She said, I have no idea. I said, me neither. <laughs> you have to consciously close these to make these go away. What in the heck did you do? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Liar. So, so that was the first part that didn't go well for her, and she was very frustrated and unhappy that she couldn't make it work. The only picture that she was able to get on was the picture that uh, Scarlett did for my birthday last year, which has hat and Mike the plant and a Hufflepuff tie and stuff like that. So I, I at least have that one on there, which is... So, it's, I mean, it's doable. It's just you have to figure out how to do it. Right. It has to be loaded from the camera, but none of these pictures came from my camera. Well, some of them... Have you better. tried Googling how to load pictures from a yes. MacBook? Have you Googled that entire phrase? Yep. And that's what, did it what say? I did. And that's what I tried and it didn't work. Huh. And I, I sent the company an email and said, Hey, this is what I'm this is the problem I'm having and they haven't actually sent anything back to me. So Yeah, their companies are notoriously slow about their IT emails. Yeah. So that was the first part of my birthday that didn't go well. The second part of my birthday that didn't go well was we went out to dinner. We had a very nice dinner. And we came home to play a couple of hands of cards. And Mom pulled the cake out of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. It was an ice cream cake. Oh, no. Oops. It had been in the refrigerator for 24 hours. Very nice. Melty, melty, melty. We had soup. Yay, soup. It was good soup. But she felt so bad. So my birthday for her was not a very good thing. Oh. <laughs> it didn't work very well. It was. It sounds very Pufuanian. And you should tell her that I cursed you. Not, you know, it's not, it's not on her, it's on me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I did tell you to have a very Pufuanian birthday. You did. So there you go. I have magic powers, apparently. You and your magic powers. So, so there we are. Anybody else have something? I bought new shoes. I saw them. They are very green. Yes, they are. Kat, did you see the green shoes? No, I have been writing all day. <laughs> wow. Let's see if I can find the picture here. I just went to Facebook and I went death roll in the little search box. I'm just like, that's not going to work. <laughs> no, it won't. Try it again. Actually, I tried to cross post this to the very devil nice. page. Very, very <laughs> nice. I like them. They're very pretty. Yes. And they only cost 50 bucks. That's not bad. Not bad They at were all. the best pair of shoes that I could see there. I tried another <laughs> pair on, but I didn't like the way they rubbed my big toe. I'm trying yeah, something new. I'm sitting sideways in my chair so I can stretch out. Uh, how's the I'm new doing... walking fashion ha- happening for you? Well, I was doing really good until today. And today, because of a combination of what they did to it at physical therapy last night and getting a cramp in it again last night. Oh, ow. I, it's too swollen for me to bend to walk. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. I, li- I literally had to, I was in a chair at work. And I literally had to roll out of the chair to the floor to get to my feet. I couldn't get f- to my feet from the chair. That sucks. I'm sorry. So, today's been a tough day. But I have a mics, so I'm happy. That's Yay! Good. I have a bottle once of wine. I, 
Once I finish this this uh, reading, I'm going to go get my Guinness. But I also have coffee, so it's going to be an interesting night. I know. I just I keep this message from Death Roll. I'll be ready as soon as I make coffee. I'm like, coffee? Yeah, I know. I'm trying Ryan's new thing here. But no, I put maybe wait, wait, one wait, wait, wait. keeping... T- what? Ryan's new thing? What, what, what Ryan's, Ryan's new thing? thing. This is Ryan's a new thing. Okay, I was just like, you have a Keurig? <laughs> like, what? Oh, no, no. Um... Just made perfectly ordinary Green Mountain coffee. But I did one heaping tablespoon, and I did four cups of water. So hopefully it's not going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it won't be too weak. Yeah, Hi, we'll Alex. See. What are you doing down there underneath my leg tickling? I love Ryan's Keurig. Keurig is a very, very interesting thing. Okay, this is weird for me. I don't have the fic up on the computer. Um, Alex, you're standing on my Kindle. Let's not... Do that. Yep. Now you're laying yep. on <laughs> I, I I will warn you, cats love to lay on your Kindle. <laughs> it's warm. I sent somebody a tummy Skype message last night because I had it with me while I was watching TV with Mike and Calvin so that I could get my Skype messages. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, you know how you do with a book? If you, When you're done reading it, you just leave it against your stomach while you're watching TV? Yeah. I, looked, I pulled it back out to check for Skype messages and I'd sent somebody... L L L L O O O O O F F you know. Like, Oops, sorry. Tommy post. That's awesome. <laughs> so I've learned that you don't watch it watch TV with it. You have to set it down. Let me just say this is a very interesting place to come back to this. Yes it is. <laughs> yes it is. Not so bad working out there. And then my father calls me the other day, asked me if I know anything about lawns, and I say, Well, a bit. Maybe. Just a bit. What do you want to know? Uh, well, he doesn't go out to mow the lawn. He goes out to mow the weeds. Mm-hmm. He needs a goat. Um, <laughs> no, he wants a lawn. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go out there and give him some advice on what to do and how to set things up and whatnot. I haven't been able to mow my lawn for the past few weeks because it's been raining and raining and raining. And then that one nice day we had, I was out there ripping up the sod and moving it over into the bear patch and spreading mulch around and it looks really good so the grass is all growing really really tall and it's all sprouting seed which is good because now i don't have to go and buy seeds or at least <laughs> so go. much hey. seed i'm thinking i just need to get out there and mow the thing down mm-hmm. alex stop that it's gonna be one of those episodes isn't it he's kneading on my waterbed hey stop it oh he needs you yeah well he's gonna put a hole in it stop i don't want to pee my bed tonight you little toad. At I least was it's fixed. Pleasantly surprised because when when we first got the computer and the router, which was you know five years ago or however many years ago, mm-hmm. a long long time ago, a long long time ago in a galaxy thousands far far away, yes, thousands of years ago, I heard that somewhere the other day and and I actually heard it in your voice. It was great. <laughs> I'm like Death Roll should be here for this. It was a locked router. And then when the router broke and I didn't have Puffa for three days and I was pulling out my hair and going to the neighbors to download it, (laughs) apparently when they sent the new router, they didn't lock it. So for the last four years, we have had an open router. Yeah, I knew that. You didn't know that? I did not know this. (laughs) So I got the new Kindle. I'm like, hmm, we have an open router. I said, Kelly, you need to tell me how to put a a password on this. And she said, well, where did you get the router? And I told her, and she said, no, if you got it through the company, they need to do it. 
I can walk you through it if you if you bought it yourself. But if you got it through the company, they need to do it. I said, all right, I'll call them tomorrow. So I figured hour minimum. You know, it's always ah, uh, you're minimum. so hilarious. An hour. Well, you're you so know, up. by the time that you wait on you're hold, such a Hufflepuff. By the time you wait on hold and all of that stuff, she had it done in three minutes. She's oh like, wow! I can do that for you. What do you want it to be? But I'm, thanks. I was like, wow. I really thought this was going to take longer. She's like, is there anything else I can do for you? I'm like, no, thanks. I'll, I'll go read now. So it was very cool. Yeah, and all my experience with, you know, my anger management courses that I've had to take through dealing with AT&T and my DSL, because DSL is the only thing that this apartment complex offers. Like, if they had had me on hold for an hour, I would have ripped somebody's head off. Yeah, well, I mean, usually it's... Hufflepuff House, ladies and gentlemen. Paragons of patience. <laughs> I didn't well, say I, I mean, was impatient. I took my book with me. I was ready to sit on hold for a while. It's different. Like I, I, I mean, I hate to be like, well, I'm a tech major. Like you know, I'm about to like have a tech job. Like I, at the same time, ninety nine percent of the things that are wrong with my internet, I could fix by myself. Mm-hmm. So that one percent is when I'm calling and being like, you have to get out here. Because X and, you know, Y are wrong. One time, a guy tried to tell me that I needed a specific internet. I couldn't use a phone line. I needed an, an internet line for it to work. Yeah. And, of course, the entire time I'm going, that's bullshit. Like, stop. And he's like, no, no, we're not going to charge you, but I'm going to send it anyway. So I have an extra phone line because apparently I need a special internet line that I don't even, I don't even think it, it exists in real life. But, like, it took me... You haven't needed a separate line since the days of the modem. (laughs) It took me a month and a half to convince these guys that they had to come out here because something was wrong with the wiring in the wall. Uh And, like, three people came out, and finally I got the supervisor to come out here. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it was our bad. And they didn't charge me for any of it. Well, that's good. I was like, That's good, at least. But, yeah, I knew that. Mm Mm-hmm. Was going. I've been trying to tell you that this entire time. I haven't had internet for a month and a half. Are you done reading, Kat? I'm. I've been done re- reading. Yeah. Okay. We well, you told us to talk amongst ourselves. You didn't say when we could stop. No, no. Well, we were in the middle of talking about internet and DSL and stuff. I thought you know the the fact that I was contributing to the conversation indicated well, that I was done. We, we don't make these assumptions around here because mm-hmm. people get distracted. That's true. Us? Distracted? Never. It's been known to happen. <laughs> but yes, this is a very awkward place for us to start. It is an awkward place for us to start. Oops. Just well, that. shall we start? Hey, Ron. The next time you're... Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's like start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? <laughs> okay, what did I miss? Am My I surrounded did. by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. <laughs>
No, she's the poster child for our podcast. (laughs) 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 I I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting ravaged anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Sex and Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Think we please where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm, I'm Deathrow. And I am Ambassador Balada. <laughs> <laughs> that was bound to happen sooner or later. We went weeks and weeks and weeks without running into each other. Well, okay. the reason is that I've always been doing the intro. That's true. When I do things, it happens in an orderly fashion, and there is well, no mashup and hassle and whatnot. This is but true. That's part of the fun of Puffwa. This is true. This is true. So, Would we like to try it again? No, we're keeping it. They know who we are. No, it's been the the Sue Deathrill and Cat show all along. So you know, it really has. I did invite Robert again, but he had uh, another. He Everyone's all me, busy he's so right cute. now. Like... He's going to kill me if he hears this. He does this thing where he does audio birthday invitations, and he just sent me this audio birthday invitation where he is a hick cowboy. <laughs> it is so funny. And, I'm uh, sorry. All I'm thinking is broke back mountain here. <laughs> me too. That's where my mind went. With Robert and Aaron. Robert Aaron. Aaron. That's very bad. Okay, hey, wait, let's see. And it's topical. Magnificent. <laughs> oh, I love when he oh, does Oh, man. And, and that just confirms my imagination of Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me Brokeback Mountain does not involve four-year-olds. Please. No. Oh, good. So, anyhow, he'll kill me. But I took the recording off, so at least that didn't record. Oh, wow. That's I just... just I, I mean... Well, well done. But anyhow... We're off topic already. We haven't even started. We are doing... Vox are do? Corporis. Chapter... Vox Corporis. 43 to 54. And this is mm-hmm. written by Misanthropic. Yes. Yay! Um, we're starting in a very interesting place. We are. We really are. I've been listening to the podcast on... Um, what was it? Night Zephyr's fic, Point of No Returns. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the weird battle type scenes so I'm thinking my, my brain is in a, a strange place as I come into this and the first sentence of the chapter she had nowhere to go so I'm thinking someone's trapped they have to escape yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering what's going on and I had to scroll back up and see what happened at the end of the last chapter I was like oh we're here okay yeah his body's pressed into hers pinned her solidly to the wall behind her as his hand circled her hips and you're like whoa and, and and I have been writing all day a you know a fic that which now officially features 
Hermione and Victor Crumb being together. So it's just like, when did Victor Crumb come into this story? Like, what's going on? It's magnificent. And about the time that his, her fingers head towards his belt, there's a soft click, and he can hear somebody else coming into his room. So, dang, it was all a dream. Yep. Too bad. So sad. But, of course, he knows that it's Hermione coming in because he can smell her. Mm -hmm. Yep. He's at the Granger house. He slept in, and he's pretending to be asleep. Well, he loves his mattress. Mm -hmm. It's not the hand-me-down one that he had from Dudley, where it had spilled food all over it and had funny smells. And it was better than the bed at Hogwarts, which does not encourage sleeping in lest a student miss their morning classes. And I'm picturing them being magic so that yeah. their alarm's it gone you off. Out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just kind of tips you over. It's a very slapsticky sort of thing, and I can totally see it happening because the bed wouldn't want them to miss their classes right. or breakfast. A lot to run. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> like every other day. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sad, sadly, Harry's bed at the Dursleys just reminds me of the Hobed. Yeah. Well. So sad. I I love you, Hobed, but you're broken. As I as mm-hmm. I I'm sitting on the Hobed right now. Oh well. Hopefully, it won't break again. <laughs> so he smiles and opens his eyes because she. Well, she uh, she away. knows that he's awake. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought that was cute. And she's of course still in her jammies with her hair falling loose over her shoulders. And- well. I mean, it, it's legitimate that she knows that he's awake because he's a really light sleeper. So just the act of opening the door would mm-hmm. wake him up. Yeah. And he, you know, she says it's about 1030 and okay. Mom and dad gone and this is very important. Yep. Yeah. And how about right. if I sneak in here with you and we have a, la- a lion? And he's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what teenage boy is going to say No. Not too hot me. girl who wants to have a quote-unquote lie-in. Yes, yes, we want to sleep. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, he's been having this very erotic dream, and he has evidence of said erotic dream. And she, of It's course, a physiological response. Yeah, yeah, that's what she says. Uh, can, can I just say, like, I, I kind of love that Harry had a physiological response. For once in a fic. <laughs> it was actually spoken of. Yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lot, they actually used the phrase morning wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I and- mean, it, it, it's kind of like fan- fandom and like canon as a whole have just kind of skipped over the whole that whole like part about puberty. Mm-hmm. Unless you're reading Melinda Leo. Unless well, you're, yeah, I mean, yeah. we bow before Melinda Leo because she actually acknowledges it. But other than that, it's just like, where did everything go? Like, <laughs> what happened? And, and yeah. so they have a talk about it. Because she wants mm-hmm. to know if, if Does it that always happen just happens. Naturally? Or yeah. do you dream certain things? And he's like, well, today. <laughs> and of course, that just tickles her because he dreamed that kind of dream about her. Because, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, she's not hot or good looking or anything. So if he's dreaming that kind of dream about her, then... He must really like her. But based on her description and everyone's response to her, she is hot. It's just she has confidence issues. Right. Which I don't like. Uh, it drives Cat crazy. And I love, you know, I love her. You dream about me? He's like, only all the time. <laughs> yeah. wow. Well, 
I, I like this bit here. What were you dreaming about? Her voice was low, throaty, and intoxicating. <laughs> she was driving him crazy. Positively stark, raving mad. Oh, uh, goodness. Yeah, I have quite a few things pulled out to read here in a sexy voice tonight, so oh. it's going to be oh, good times. Oh, yeah. We, we need those sexy voice times. Yeah. And so... Well, I, I do like that Hermione is happy that she can get this reaction from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is a reflection of her poor self-esteem. And it's good that Harry isn't the wrong sort of guy because it would be very easy to take advantage of her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they start making out. And, mm-hmm. and they get just starting to get into it. He's realized she doesn't have a bra. He takes the plunge and there's Kimmy. <clears throat> <laughs> Which is so awful. I no, no, it's not that. It's a tisk tisk. Wait, wait, what does it say? It's no, there is. Him. It is an ham. I'm sorry. Yes, so it's umbrage. It it's umbrage. I know. We need to get an umbrage sound effect in there. Him, 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 And and then it's a very tisk tisk look on her face mm-hmm. in her rose covered boxers. You've been doing something naughty. Yeah. Best cure yeah. for that is and to like, oh, but we were. We're. Good with the, uh, maybe we're getting a little bit carried away. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they're gonna have lunch. Yeah, and go to the mm-hmm. park. And then go to the park. Well, b- before that. Well, yeah, I was gonna well, say. Yeah, there he says, "Okay, I'll be." Actually, she turns back to him and says, "Coming, Harry." And he says, "Well, yeah, in a minute or so. I need a couple of minutes." Yeah. And I thought I had misread it, but I went back and reread it. No, he wanks. He does. Right he very much does. <sighs> yes. I love it. I love it so much. Because she takes a minute and she thinks about it and then she says, And it's just Oh, like, and he's like, where... please go, please go. Yeah, well, it's the moment of realization. It's just like in uh, Kess's fic talking about Harry's family jewels and we're waiting for Ron to finally get what they're talking about. It's like, and there it is. <laughs> that was it. Oh, goodness. Thank God someone's writing this. This is probably my favorite passage. This is, this is my favorite, one of the like, top ten favorite passages of all fanfiction. Yay! Just because no one writes this stuff. And, you know, it's the whole, like, I know last podcast I was ranting about the fact that Harry apparently thinks that you can only have a baby when you're married and someone needs to, like, teach this kid sex ed. Like, at least that part of their lives is a part of this fic. And I love that. Because so many authors will just pass it over and just be like, I don't care about that. I want Harry to be lusting after Cho. Well, and I love that Hermione's head is in the clouds and her mother goes... Hmm, something must have happened, and she has a quick whispered conference with Kimmy, the naughtiness lookout. I loved that. To make sure that Hermione and Harry didn't have sex on the first day back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just wait. <laughs> wait I mean, Christmas. all of a sudden she's got this dreaminess, so it must have happened. It's like, well, wouldn't they have done it the night before when they were still at school or something? You would think, but... When the astronomy tower... Mm-hmm. There you go. Yes, because it's, you know, warm and comfortable up on the astronomy tower. Uh-huh. I, I was thinking of the fluffy room because I've been listening to the Morgan Lefebvre <laughs> <laughs> stuff. That's one of the worst places to take a girl. Yeah, the fluffy room. Mm-hmm. It's not fluffy. 
at all. Oh, I know, but it's where Fluffy... Where fluffy I know, lives. I know, it's just ironic. Or as Mike's thought, the fucking room. <laughs> yeah, Mike, that's where we take all the girls. Uh, hey, even I have Molly and Arthur in, in a storage closet. Nice, because nobody ever writes Molly and Arthur, and I think there should be more of that. Well, they uh, they clearly screw all the time. Yes, or they did. They probably. Oh, I think they. I, I think they still screw all the time. Um, yeah, they just got better at something. They finally <laughs> mastered the rhythm method. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know Molly's Catholic, no, right? The what? You know Molly's Catholic, right? Oh, oh that's yeah, totally. She's got that guilt thing going on. Yeah. You could have died. You could have been seen. <laughs> you took the car. Every time that Molly yells at, at the, her kids, it's, you could have died. Yeah. Exactly. We went outside for a breath of fresh air. You could have died. Did you wear your helmet? <laughs> oh, goodness. So, so. But yes, they're... So. they're there should be more, and you know, more of Molly and Arthur shagging in fic because they clearly do it all the time in real life. Yes, <laughs> lots so. of practice. Yep. So her head's in the clouds, and he's humming while he cooks. And Kimmy's well, indicated that they didn't do anything too naughty. Now I'm, I've got mental pictures of Molly and Arthur sneaking around on the farm, <laughs> and in all of these weird places outdoors, and up in the hayloft, and. Uh. Well, if you have a nice blanket, I guess the hay life wouldn't be too bad. The chicken coop, though, that's not good. That's a little dirty. <laughs> Ew. But, Even the know, hay loft is disgusting. Outside in a field or often behind the tree line or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what Molly and Arthur used the Quidditch pitch for. Oh. <laughs> when the kids were still young. <laughs> hey, it's better than the broom shed. That's true. Uh, or Arthur's shed where he's working on the car. Oh, but you know, because in Arthur's shed they do it on the wash or the dryer. On the washing machine. That's where they have dryer sets. <laughs> I was listening the other day and she was complaining how she couldn't get any ideas of how we to write the like thing, and the podcast came up with six ways to do it in the span of about five minutes. Oh, they were pretty good too. I was you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. There's the fic right there. Why? Why can't you write this? What's wrong with What's you? So hard about this. <laughs> you know, he's leaning up against the dryer, and they're they're kissing, kissing. Yeah, kissing. That's my mics. Or or she go. or she's sitting on the dryer and then depending on where the button is and no, she no, leans back. I could see it. I could see him like having her up against it and kissing her, and then you know kind of lifting her up to kiss her more and putting his hands down and accidentally hitting the button and then it would turn mm -hmm. on and the rest would be history. Yep, yep, it's right there. That's all. That's all we need to do. Let's, I mean, then we're we're home safe. Yeah, I don't know that I could write it, but I could set you up for it pretty easy. No, I oh, do not. I write think smut. you could write it, Sue. I do not write smut. <laughs> I haven't written smut. Since hey, I all you gotta do is is take your Hermione Victor scene there, put it in a single format, and you've got smut. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so Hermione, they will not be doing more than kissing. Yeah, yeah. For a good long all while. Time. Well, he's seventeen. He's eighteen. He's like eighteen, 18 nineteen. 
And she's only 16, so, like, we're oh, going to keep it very... Fire, so he's got to be, like, 17... Well, he's 18, 18 by now. At least. 18, 19. She's 15, so... She's almost 16. Yeah. Yeah, true. Almost so. 16. She loves the older man. She does. She does. Well, she's got good company, Tonks. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, goodness. Uh, was that on the podcast, or was that just you and I when we were talking about, you know, who would have ever thought that Remus Lupin was the one who would be the cradle robber? <laughs> that was just in a chat. But yeah. <laughs> who would ever think that, yeah, seriously, you, you'd think of James, Sirius, Remus, and Peter. Of all of them, who do you think is the least likely to get the smoking hot younger chick? Yeah. Usually Peter, right? But Remus I would, is I, I would say, No, I would say Remus Lupin because Remus Lupin wouldn't even try. No. Yeah. Well, Peter would have quiet, I mean, studious ones. They, sometimes they'll shock you. Yeah. I think they had him pegged as the least likely, and they had Peter. They, they had figured out that he's actually the pedophile. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. That, that, that bed was, with young oh, boys. Peter was, you know, slept for many, many years with young boys, so he's a pedophile. Yeah. Good. And we <laughs> wonder why Ron needs therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Ron's therapy session, actually. Well, uh, I slept with this rat for years, and it turned out and to it be was a really, man. <laughs> It was really a 30-year-old man. That's not awkward at all. (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, And my brothers always do everything before I can do it. My sister can fat bogey hex me, and and I'm no good. Uh, Ron needs to shut up. Like, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) My brother, I mean, it's like, so on some level, I really understand Ron, because... I mean, look at my brother. He's, you know, Mr. You know, I can do pretty much everything. He's a freaking biophysicist for crying out loud. Like, I I mean, growing up, like, there was nothing that I could do that he hadn't done already first. Mm -hmm. So I went out and found the Harry Potter fandom, and I was like, oh, look, fan fiction. I can write fan fiction. My brother would never dream of writing fan fiction. (laughs) There you go. I was actually thinking about this earlier today. Consider the trio and the circumstances each of them grew up. Of the three, Ron should be the most emotionally healthy of them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's, he's the only one who had close to this you know, normal-ish life. Hermione mm-hmm. was bullied and picked on by Belinda and Grace uh, or whatever their names were. Right. And Harry, you know, we've discussed Harry's situation ad nauseum. But, you know, Hermione had no real friends before Hogwarts. Yeah. And Ron was the only one who had what you might call a typical upbringing. He had people his age around. He, you know, played Quidditch and and had great, loving, caring parents. And he's the one Mm -hmm. who actually, you know, he's the most dysfunctional of the three. And he grows the least Mm -hmm. in the seven books. So it's kind of interesting. But anyway, we're back to the morning wood. Okay. Yes. We're back to this pick where Ron actually has emotional growth. Yay! Yeah. But, but we don't see Ron in these chapters. Not yet. No. So they've gone to the park to see the Christmas lights. And they're talking and they admit that each makes the other feel goofy, which is cute. Mm-hmm. And they're taking in the sights. It's all very, very pretty. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. She makes me feel kind of funny, like when we used to climb the rope in gym class. <laughs> what is that from? I know that line. Death? Party on, Wayne. Okay, yeah. So, we see uh, that then- Belinda is in the park, and she she's is. crying. She's crying very, and very hard. No one's ever seen her like this. Hermione especially has never seen her like this. And there's this wonderful quote. And her unearthly beauty made her tears look mythically tragic. (laughs) (laughs) Belinda is is the Mary Sue analog. Belinda is like a a squib vila or something. (laughs) Yeah. And Hermione's looking around for Grace because the two of them are never apart. And Hermione wants to know what's wrong, and so she's... Well, this is, th- this is the thing right here. I, I have to comment on this. Hermione sees one of her worst enemies sobbing her eyes out. One of her tormentors made her life a living hell. And she wants to go over and see what's wrong. Mm-hmm. I would laugh. I, 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 I would, you know, I'm, I'm going to be totally, like, I'm the evil Hufflepuff. I would laugh. I would just walk away. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with you. I told you she was a Hufflepuff. You didn't believe me, but she is, and this proves it right she here. She is <laughs> So we find out that Grace slept with Belinda's boyfriend. Belinda finally fell for somebody. Yep. Because she says, oh, he was different because she actually had real feelings for him. And Grace and was playing is- the same games that they always played. Mm-hmm. And this is the stereotypical alpha girl gets out alpha by her beta, like, kind of dynamic mm-hmm. that you see a lot in real life as in, also in, like, movies and stuff. And so I immediately when Belinda was crying, I was like, ah, oh, I know what's going on. Yep. But <laughs> I've seen I, this before. There's I only one this. that girl cries. Because it's like, she knew he was mine. She knew why. She didn't care. She shagged him like, like some... Like he was different. How could you do that to me? She was supposed to be my friend. <laughs> and it makes you wonder just how many other girls sub that exact same thing when she Belinda stole yeah. boy. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, and the 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 clincher for me that that you know proves to me that Belinda has learned nothing from this experience is when Belinda at the very end of this whole conversation about Hermione feeling very, you know, sorry for Belinda, at least on the outside, is Belinda saying that, you know, you're not as ugly as you used to be. And it's just like, this girl has learned nothing. Like, it's just gonna, you know, a month... I think she did a very, very, very little bit. I think, I mean, it 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 opened the door for her to grow up. But she hasn't grown up yet because oh, it's immediately it's the, first... the, the oh you you know you're not as ugly as you used to be and it's just like what like <laughs> yeah well I did like that Hermione told her she got a taste of her own medicine but I think it was so sad that Belinda genuinely did not know any other way to act with boys oh yeah it's, I mean she doesn't do it because it's fun or because she gets a kick out of it it's just all she knows. So she's had some really bad role models in her life. Yep. You wonder about her home life. You wonder about her mom and her the father figures in her life. And I assume there are multiple and all of them are bad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love Hermione. Just, I don't, did we? Sue? Oh, that's weird because she's hosting the call. This is very odd. I don't know what's going on. We're just, I'm going to go on my Carry little on. like 
I was a Hermione kind of person in high school. Anyway, like, I think it's awesome that Hermione kind of calls her on her bullshit and be like, well, you know, I don't treat boys like they're playthings. I treat them like they're people. And, you know, kind of, like, points out that, you know, she is together with Harry because they were friends first. And though it's clearly not going to happen because it's fate or whatever, if Harry and Hermione <laughs> were, were ever to break up, they would still be friends. And it would be awkward at first, but they would still be friends because they had that foundation first. Right. And Belinda has, you know, you can tell Belinda's the type of girl who has never had a guy friend in her life. And she doesn't know how to talk to them other than, like, the tee-hee, I'm going to flirt with you now kind of mm-hmm. way. And she doesn't know how to relate to them at oh, all. Oh, there's Sue. She's back. Here's Sue. Sorry. No, we, okay. you just disappeared. We were wondering where you went. We were hoping you didn't drop, and then we realized you were hosting the call. <laughs> you didn't hear the dog bang the door? No. Oh, maybe, but crash. didn't realize what it was. So, it's okay. So, yeah, we. this is very lovely bit here with Belinda and she starts to realize that there's another way to go about these things and that being the sort of person that she has been means she's just going to wind up in situations like she finds herself now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like Hermione's parting line. She finally got a taste of her own medicine. Yeah. And you can kind of tell that there's a bit of Hermione like emotionally that was emotionally wounded by this girl that has kind of been concluded and be like you know what it is a nice resolution yeah we're resolved because you don't matter to me anymore and Mm. you're gonna go your own way and be hurt just as much as you hurt me we got a lot of closure on this issue when harry stepped up and said yeah i'm her boyfriend and i liked her because she wasn't a tart and so that 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 did a lot for her emotional health and and self-image and and self-esteem and now we just take it even one step further yeah, if we take it one step further, and Hermione realizes that her way took longer, but generates better results. Oh, yeah. And it hurts less. Because she's got Harry Potter, and Belinda has nothing. Well, and it's also the whole, I mean, this is another thing that I really like about this fic, is that just because a character takes a step does not mean everything's instantly fixed. And you see that a lot in fic, where, where you know a character kind of, you know, Hermione is able to stand up to Belinda and Grace, and, you know, a lot of authors would say, like, oh, so all of Hermione's emotional issues and all her self-consciousness and self-esteem issues, they're totally solved. Right. Instantly better. It doesn't happen that way. Whereas in real life, it does not happen. So it's it's the mark of a truly gifted author author to say she gets a little better but she's still not you know she's still going to be surprised by the fact that Hermione uh Hermione well I just made this like a weird fic by the fact that Harry dreams about her and you know wants to spend time with her she's still unsure about herself which I love because that's true to real life mm-hmm. oh, yeah. so uh, moving on to chapter 44 and we have an author's yes. note here because, and I didn't read the author's note until just now, but I knew that it was coming because there is no zoo. And she said she's American and she didn't know that the mm-hmm. London Zoo wouldn't allow pets. There's no zoo that's going to allow pets because they rile up the animals. 
So I thought that was funny. But oh, I never really thought about it. Yeah. No. Um, my zoo allows pets. Really? The Lincoln Park Zoo. Yeah. That's you see dogs being walked there all the time. But the for one thing, the animals are the zoo animals are set fairly you know well back from the um the path. Mm-hmm. And for another, it's one of it's a free zoo with open gates, so people will walk their dogs, their kids with like a dog there from time to time. You see it from time to time. You don't see it often. Uh huh. It just it so, just seems like a, an odd thing to me. But I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. But I mean, it's an it's a, it's you can. All right. Well, I stand corrected then. Of course, I, I also hey. stare at the people who let their kids go right up to the glass on the uh, lion exhibit, and you know, with oh, a lion. Oh, I'm reminded of that video that's been like, going around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, here the kids like banging on the glass, and like the lioness is two inches from the glass, and I'm like slowly backing up from the glass, going, "I don't want to get eaten." Like that lion, if he really wanted to, could totally go through that glass, and then we'd have trouble. No, wait. Couldn't because they designed them to be safe. Yeah. And here's where I would like to get the clip of Scotty from Star Trek Four. Yes. I noticed you're still working with polymers. Still. What? What else would I be working with? Aye. What else, indeed? I'll put it another way. How thick would a piece of your plexiglass need to be at sixty feet by ten feet? To withstand the pressure of 18,000 cubic feet of water. Oh, that's easy. Six inches. We carry stuff that big in stock. I have noticed. Okay, if not, Still, I can get it to you. They're, they're big, and they're like, I mean, they're wild animals. You don't want to, like, be banging on the glass. Oh, I, I sat with one. They're, they're very nice. Sitting with one's one thing. Like, having a two-year-old be like... like banging on the glass. That's true, because that's just annoying. And they did say, you well, know... Well, come on. If, if I had a two-year-old banging on the glass, I would eat it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. His name was Boomer, and they said his name was Boomer because he liked to put one foot in front of you and one foot on your back and make you go boom. But it, I mean, it told us if we stayed together as a pack, then he wouldn't be able to single anybody out and we'd be safe. What was it, What was this? A lion. Didn't you see the picture of me and the lion when you were here? No! Oh, yeah, Boomer. You, like, were, like, with a lion, like, not with glass separating you? No, no, it was, he was loose, and I was, I got my picture taken with him. Oh, Lord, I would not do that, ever. Oh, he's that cool. Would, that Sue, would... we're learning all it, sorts it, of fascinating things about you. I posted the picture it, on Poofla. I haven't if seen you it. YouTube, if you YouTube lion attack, like, 40,000 and hits come up and it's just these people who are just like hanging out next to the lion without anything separating them and they piss off the lion for some reason and just, he was an dude old lion. I, I would, that does not matter he was an old that thing, guy. Could me, that thing could eat me so fast <laughs> he wasn't the one i worried about so much it was the um the one that uh the cheetah the, they said that you had to watch the cheetahs Oh, I'm afraid of I, I, I just don't... Me and wild animals have never mixed. Especially ones that, like, are bigger than I am. I'm good with the cubs. The cubs, I can kind of stave off. Oh, that was, like, one of the best experiences of my life was playing with four-day-old tiger cubs. That was Aww. cool. Do you have them on your Facebook? Uh, not the four-day-old tiger cubs, because 
we went out to look at potbelly pigs. We had no idea the cubs would be there. So there was no pictures. Oh. But um, Boo. I'm, I'm pulling up the boomer picture right now, or I'm trying to. So keep talking. So Miranda's walked into Harry's. What? A llama. There will be goats and chickens and a llama at my wedding. Yeah, I'm going to be a little afraid of the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Gore Place has, part of it is a functioning animal farm, and they have a farm stand and and such, so... Okay, so I can avoid the llama and and them if I want to. But why would you want to avoid the llama? They spit, but... Because me and animals have never mixed. Anyway, so Miranda has walked in, to Harry's you know, bedroom. Hermione, and into, into Harry's bedroom, and Harry, who has never been woken up by Miranda before, and has always been woken up by Hermione, goes, five more minutes, Hermione, Hermione, or what, I'm not, I refuse to call Hermione. Yeah, it, it's so funny that when she walks in, he's instantly awake, but with Miranda, and he's like, ah, creature of the living dead here. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the morning before, they, like, you know, had a lion. So maybe, you know, he was hoping for a lion. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Uh-huh. Bad. It's very, very bad. So I'm not finding these pictures. So I, found, I found the ones said, that don't have me in it. So she says, you got the wrong Granger, Harry. And his eyes snap open, he rolls open. Over and looks up and says, oh, sorry, Mrs. Granger. What time is it? She says, it's 7.30. And he looks absolutely aghast. Oh, yeah. Because it's early. he likes to sleep until at least 10.30 or 11. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. He, I mean, he, you know, you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, sleep until you want to and then wake up super early. But he, she's come to take him shopping. The whole family's going shopping. And she wants him to get up so that they can all go. Cause yes. That's the plan they have, today. He, he's got to get introduced to the Granger family Christmas traditions. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go present shopping. And it's primarily so Hermione can buy gifts. They go, they're gone all day. They swap off Hermione and the odd parent wanders around the zoo. Mm-hmm. And since Harry's there, they've set up a new plan where Mary and Hermione are going to go and... Harry and uh, Jake are going to be at the zoo. Now, I don't understand this plan. Why don't they just go two by two? I know. I don't get it either. It seems I like kind of. I, I will say I approve of this plan because it circumvents the Harry going shopping scene. <laughs> no, that's that. We bypass it. We're not, we're, it's not going to go there because I approve of this, this plan that we're not going to have Harry going shopping But it makes no sense. Again. I don't no care. need for the zoo. Well, but we did need the, the zoo because we had to have the Harry and testosterone with the lion scene, you know. Yes. Yeah, which was fun. But before we get there, I like this mention that Hermione gets her scheduling and her organization from Mary. Mm-hmm. But it's color still coding. a they, yeah, they color code Christmas, silver bows for magical presents, fake book covers, and they have a collection of jumpers with the tags still on them that they put on top of really obvious magical gifts. Right. Which is awesome. Yeah. It is pretty cool. Because it's, they it's, haven't it's, told Birdie. It's one about of those magic. plans that is so dumb it'll work. Like, 
that's oh, the same jumper you got last year, and you hope these people never meet Molly Weasley. Right. Mm-hmm. If they're going to go to the zoo, they have to put Kimmy on a leash. And she's very bothered by this and says they have to give her many pretty boxers to make up for it. But I got to ask, are they in London proper? You know, where are they that they don't have to have Kimmy on a leash anyway? I know. I was thinking that too. Oh, good. I'm not the only one. I mean, I understand Kimmy's the magical one and stuff like that. So I I kind of understand it. But yeah, I appreciate it. But it seemed like it should have come up before now. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when they go to the park, she's just wandering around, and I say, no, she's got to be on a leash, and you got to pick up her poo after her. Yeah, and then she bites somebody, and you're like, um, whoa, what happened here? I'm picturing the dog officer coming by to issue a ticket. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, That's awesome. Harry tells Jake about his previous zoo incident. Mm-hmm. And and Jake heard about it because it made the news. <laughs> of course it did. And you imagine it would, a giant Brazilian python escaping from mm-hmm. its containment. Yeah, it's going to make the news. Mm-hmm. So that they've got uh, a good bonding bit going on here. And Jake tells some personal stuff here, uh, that his dad died when he was nine. He never got on with his stepfather, and there was some bad blood, and there's so much so that they haven't really spoken in years. And the whole point of the story is that just because you didn't have a good family growing up doesn't mean you'll never have one. Right. Because Jake has been pushed into doing more than just being friendly. He's got to really make an effort because he's been told by Miranda that... Harry was a pessimist. He's going to assume the worst. He'll he'll take the casual, uh, friendly bit and say, "Oh, he hates me, and he's just being nice mm-hmm. for Hermione's sake." I wouldn't he say that pessimism, though. I would say that's just a reaction to how every adult in his life have basically acted, except for you know, with the exception of Sirius. Well, whatever attitude he gets, he's going to assume that the real feelings are so much worse. Yeah. No, but I, I wouldn't say that's pessimism. Because okay, well, I think I would, I, You know, pessimism is, is really when you're getting the results, you know, of a positive nature, but you're expecting them to be bad. Harry has always had results being of the negative nature, so he's just expecting that you know, the status quo will continue because his only example of adults for 11 years have been people who have hated him. So he's going to assume that all adults will hate him. Okay. Yeah. He's looking for the negative side here. Yeah. So I, I agree with you there. I just think it's not necessarily pessimism. Pessimism. If that's, you know, as well, he's being as pessimistic as- in this instance. Okay, fine. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> as far as scientific results go, if you always get the same result, are you not going going to predict that you're going to get the exact same result that you have for, you know, oh. years and years and years? All right, I'll concede that maybe he doesn't think he's being pessimistic. He thinks he's being realistic. Looking at it from an outside perspective, I think he's being pessimistic. Okay, well, I'll agree with you there. Okay, good. Yay, we agree. Yay! It's but the and the best thing about this is that Harry and Jake bond. Yes. Yeah. And to and the point that Jake actually asks Harry to call him Jake. Yes, because we're t- we're thinking about 
family and the future. It goes from this really innocent talking about the zoo and Dudley getting trapped in the exhibit and all of a sudden we're talking about family and Hermione and the future and Harry doesn't like to think about the future because he thinks he'll be dead. Right. Mm -hmm. Tell me that's not pessimistic. Well, no, it's... it's, Realistic. It's realistic. It's realistic (laughs) and negative and he really worries that even if he can manage to defeat Voldemort that he's going to die in the process. And there are a lot of there are a lot of little notes that I really enjoy, like the whole the whole fact that Harry isn't going to want to talk about you know his family, and and Jake knows that, and he's not going to push it because you know his reasoning is that he had an upbringing that was probably better than Harry's, but he was never really welcome at home, mm-hmm. and you know he you know didn't really a lot of that was teenager stuff, and he probably figures that there's more teenager stuff to, you know, Harry's family than Harry, than is actually true. But at the same time, it's just, he touches on it and then it's done. And it's not like Hermione, which is, you know, you poor thing and you're broken and, you know, mm. all this. It's, it is how Jake it is, is and you've, he, his approach to it is, it is how it is, you've survived it and now you're in a better place to handle it. Yes. Jake is very much a forward-looking person. The past is the past. It may have sucked, but do the best you can with who you are and try try and be happy regardless of how you come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the whole thing that Jake is missing is just the fact that Hermione hasn't told him that much about Voldemort, and Jake can't comprehend not planning for the future and not thinking forward. Mm -hmm. Whereas... It's it's been Harry's rea- reality since he was you know eleven years old is that he couldn't think forward because if he did then something bad would happen. The first time in Canada, the first time he thought forward was with Sirius, and Sirius died. Yeah, he gets offered a new place to live at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, and then Sirius has to go on the run. Yeah, so every time that he's looked forward, he's been slapped back. So why yeah. would he ever? look forward and he doesn't want to think about family because he's afraid he'll need it and want it too much mm-hmm. which made me so sad and he's afraid that he won't be a very good father because he didn't have a good role model i mean his own father was great but he didn't know him. he doesn't know him he's not a that's real a very role model. Realistic he's an idea fear. right that's a very that's a very realistic fear mm-hmm. I, I do so, like the way the conversation starts because he he says to Jake, do you think someone could need a family and want it, but be incapable of having it? And Jake's like, uh, Harry, are we talking about babies and uh, performance anxieties? Or and there's and like, jokes no, about no. ED, and I'm like, cue up the Petrificus Totalis joke. <laughs> Boys and girls, there's a thing called erectile dysfunction. Oh my god. Yeah, but there's also a thing called Petrificus Totalis, so I think he'd be fine. <laughs> And I do like they stop dancing around it and admit that they're talking about Harry having children with Hermione. Mm -hmm. And I love that Jake is so amazingly uncomfortable in this scene. Oh, Oh, it's totally okay. This is, I mean, a lot of authors are afraid to put the parent of, you know, like Arthur or Jake or whoever in this position because they're afraid that it's going to be too much like Ron yelling at, you know, 
Ginny about him, her going out with Harry or whatever. But the father's going to be uncomfortable with her, his little girl like growing up. That's just yeah. how it is. Well, it's even harder when the when the girl's father is stepping in to do what Harry's father or father figure should be doing. Right. And he yes. basically has to help him seduce his own daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's crazy. And oh, it's totally a position crazy. no father should have to be put into. I'm just so happy that Arthur's not doing it because I'm so tired of Arthur doing it. In fact, it's great to have somebody else like in this role of, of somebody who is to play like father and not father at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. For his part, Jake was feeling horrendously uncomfortable, but he knew Harry had no one else to have these conversations with. For Hermione, he told himself, in order to rally his courage. <laughs> because, uh, you know, Harry, there are, uh, there are other options. There are doctors, procedures that you could adopt. <laughs> and he's still not getting it. He's not getting it all. Yeah. And Harry comes out and says that he, you know he's afraid. And then he says, well... You know, what I've seen is that good good men make good fathers. And I wasn't always a good man. Miranda made me a good man. Mm-hmm. And so I really don't think you have anything to worry about. And that's the thing. You find the right woman and she makes you want to be a better man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you go. By the time you hear this, I will, in fact, be married. <laughs> Yay! And Kat was probably there. Yay! I was. I was. I was definitely there. I don't. I if I, even if I'm still unemployed, I'm gonna be there. Like that. There's no question in my mind. Uh, so. Just because death and I talk every single day, and I would feel so awful if I didn't go. So, and he talks about how he might be biased, but he knows that Hermione's gonna make a great mom. And Harry mm-hmm. says she will. Well, I like this part, too, because Jake tells him that Harry will not be alone in all of this. And it just shows that Harry has been approaching the concept of fatherhood as though he'd be the only one left alive. Mm-hmm. He's got a death love, Well, I mean, and I love the fact that Jake realizes that, you know, he's never had anyone to right. always be there. Mm-hmm. That, you know, he can't... It's like somebody telling somebody who has always been locked indoors that the sky is blue. They can't comprehend it. Right. Yeah. And then he says, well, you know, it's the thing that all parents say. I'll tell you something else. You can't really prepare for how much you're going to love your children. It's just not possible. It'll just mm-hmm. about knock your feet out from under you no matter how ready you think you are. If love's half the battle in parenting, then you start off that first day with the war already half won. And, you know, then he points out that Jake and Miranda are always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They want to be involved with the grandkids. grandkids. They're going to give them all sorts of advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do this. You should do this. Mom, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Harry looks like he couldn't choose between laughing, dancing, or crying. The last made Jake a little flighty. <laughs> Miranda was so much better at this stuff. Yeah. So, but he'd never seen Harry so on the cusp of deliriously happy, and that you know. it's so sad. It takes so little to make him happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we give him a one-armed hug. Harry hesitates, returns it, and and they say, oh, "Oh, call me Jake." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay." Oh, 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 this is horribly <laughs> effeminate of us. If the girls ask, we were talking about Quidditch and football the whole time. Right. Yeah. Quidditch I wonder just because. Just because this is from, from Jake's perspective and not Harry's, which I found a very interesting move, I wonder 
that um, if if Harry, when Jake went to hug him, if he was hesitating because he didn't know if Jake was going to hit him or not. I don't think so. Not after that conversation. That's true. So a lot of times it's a, like involuntary. It's an involuntary like if somebody raises yeah. their hand next to a person who's been hit a lot, they'll just flinch like regardless of the situation. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So they've decided to walk on because, you know, this conversation's gotten a little not manly enough, so we're going to go and go see Go talk someone. to the lions. Yeah, we're going to go see the Lions. Because lions are manly. Because manly, you know, lions are manly in the way that the women do all the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the lionesses are laying outside. Jake's like, "Oh, damn!" The lions. He just figures the male will be inside on the couch watching TV. You know, <laughs> the boy lions are the really interesting ones, right, yeah. Harry? And Harry's like, "Oh, I think the girl lionesses are pretty cool." Well, of course, he's gonna think that. Uh, one thing that I, I did think was interesting, we had talked about the description of Hermione's lion form and how she had a mane. Uh-huh. These lionesses do not have manes. Right. So and I figured Hermione's this out. extra special. Yes, and that's it. The reason that Hermione's lioness has a mane, because lionesses don't have a mane, and in fact, the picture I sent you is a male lion, and you will see that he does not have a mane. If you neuter a lion, they lose their mane. This is interesting. Catherine suggests that the reason Hermione's lion has a mane is because of her bushy hair. Yes, and that's I what was I was just going to say that too. Oh, I've good. I've come to that conclusion while you. reading this that that's just like Harry has the scar or the white lightning bolt on his form. Mm-hmm. Hermione's lioness has the bushy mane because of her hair. Mm-hmm. Like, like Sirius's uh, dog form is shaggy because he has long hair. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Catherine. I'm I'm with her on this one. Yay. Yep. Agreement. Yay. I'll let it slide. I'm not entirely happy with it, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this weird thing, and Harry starts touching the jaguar, which just sounds dirty when you say it like that, and the lionesses become aware of him and they step toward him and they're reading his animal magnetism and he's looking back at them going hey how you doing today and the (laughs) male comes out of the den and he says hey these are my lionesses what are you doing over here (laughs) and harry and the lion and harry i pity the fool who gets too close to my lionesses and the lion and harry decide to pull out their johnsons and see which one's bigger and And the lion um, wins yeah but i think that was just because the jaguar lost interest in the situation and wandered off yeah that's true and then harry realizes oh my god what am i doing i'm standing toe-to-toe with a lion and we're we're nose to nose and (laughs) he almost killed me and good thing that plexiglass was here and kimmy's like got a hold of his leg he's like oh whoops sorry about that kimmy and then Jake's wondering, what the hell just happened? Do you yeah. talk to lions, too? <laughs> you know, he leads over. Can you talk to lions? Uh, no. <laughs> Maybe they can mm-hmm. sense my magic. Well, that never happened with Hermione, but you've got wizard parents. Maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. And I love how Jake has no clue and doesn't care. No, and he's he just doesn't ready care. To... So, and then he says, come on, let's go. 
since we're staying here, I want to go over to the primates. Yeah. There's a chimp that's something of a mate to me over the years. That's kind of frightening. And then we have a scene change. Well, I don't know. I went to the zoo every week one summer, and, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but did you make mates with a chip? <laughs> I mean, I can see going to the zoo every weekend and stuff like that. No, but, I mean, so there were there there are always, like, if you go to the zoo a lot, there are always those favorite animals. Even, like, within an exhibit, there are always the favorite animals that, like, have a certain personality mm-hmm. that you just think is really funny. Especially with the monkeys. That's true. There's, like, I can see him, like, just at, not as, like, oh, we're BFFs, but more as, like, the, uh, you know, this is my favorite place to go. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite chimp. He's the one who always throws the poop. Yeah, uh, that's what I can see. And, and I have to admit, we, we have sun bears at our zoo. We have sun bears, too. And uh, I was there one day, and there were two in the water. So, you know, it was, you couldn't see them from, say, the waist down, because mm-hmm. they were standing in the water, and they were doing things that looked like they were doing more than just standing in the water, and so oh, a crowd no. had gathered, because we were like, whoa, what's going on here? And people are like, but, but, those are boy bears. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, apparently it doesn't matter to them. Well, I mean, th- there are um, gay, you know, animals in the animal kingdom. Yep. Penguins, octopus. I, I think wouldn't cat. it be uh, what? I had a cat whose a... favorite companion was a boy cat, and I saw them go at it more than once. And they were both boys, so I totally believe it. Yep. There's a George just... Carlin bit. He's talking about it. Vern. Uh, there's a dog who. Like to jump all over Vern, but Vern was a male cat. <laughs> Vern didn't particularly like that, huh? Uh, apparently not. Let's see if I can find this here. Though, though our dog was female, the little Jack Russell next door used to try and um, m- let let's just say mount our standard poodle. I was gonna say have his way with. The Jack Russell went after the standard. Wow, that's that's aspirations of grandeur there. And you know the, the standard was was quite a bit older than the Jack Russell, so the you know standard would then you know try and bite the Jack Russell, <laughs> and would get like be like knock it off. Miranda set this up so that she and Hermione would go shopping, and Jake and Harry would have time together to try to get Jake and Harry to bond. And so now she's really hoping that things have gone well, because... Sue, you are braver than I. I just opened the file. Oh, Boomer? (laughs) Big kitty. He was big, yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. (laughs) He was cool. And then I went and and sat on the elephant. That was cool, too. Nice. There was an elephant? Don't tell P.S. Yeah, there were two elephants. P.S. loves elephants. This was. This is at Tippy Hedren's place. I don't know what that means, Sue. Do you know who Melanie Griffith is? Yes. Tippy Hedren of. is her mother. Okay. She is the actress that starred in uh, um, Hitchcock's The Birds. Oh, okay. See, and... that's all you had to say. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> it's all clear. Nobody knows Tippy. Yes, Tippy used to live out by me, and I went for my birthday one year. I went out to her place. 
with a bunch of other people and signed this waiver that said, if I get eaten, I will not sue you and spent the day with the cats. And it was really cool. Awesome. Yeah. And the two elephants and... I would do what, like, I would hang out with the elephants and stuff. I just, you know, things that maul other people, like, kind of terrify me. Mm -hmm. They brought out a leopard for us to play with, but he was on a leash. And then they let Boomer and Scarface out just free with us. Boomer and Scarface. It's like we're discussing Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) Yep. It was cool because he came out of really tall grass. And so I have pictures of him walking towards me, getting clearer and clearer and clearer. Oh, Oh, man. And we didn't get to sit with him. He just kind of wandered around. But when Boomer laid down, they said we could go up and get our pictures taken with him. And, you know, they charged us five bucks. It's worth it. Oh, yeah. That's really cheap. To go and and get my picture with him. It was really cool. He was so soft. Death, did you see that in my brother's lab, they've named their microscopes. One's named Caprica and the other's named Boomer. (laughs) No, I didn't, but that's funny. (laughs) So we're back to the fic. We are back to the the fic. Miranda and Hermione are... about lions, so I mean, we weren't too far off. Not too far off, but Miranda and Hermione are walking around, and they're spoken of nothing but Harry. Right. Harry this, Harry that. And mm-hmm. Hermione is and smiling knows, radiantly the entire time. Miranda knows that Hermione's in love. In love. In love. In love. She's in love. <laughs> <laughs> Are you old enough to remember love? <laughs> She's in love. Uh, I remember love. Love is awesome. So. When they get together. And we don't get to see them shopping either. Thank God for that. I, I'm firmly convinced that there's no shopping anywhere in this fic. No, nope, it's all done off screen, which is really nice. Um, makes me so I approve. Happy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really do not like it when we do the stand. Like, I, have, I, I, I will repeat myself from bad fic. I've seen it once, and that's the only time I've ever seen it work. work. Mm-hmm. I've seen it work once, and, the, and that had to do with Harry... Realize it. Well, I mean, I love realizations, and people need to read it more because, you know, if more people read and review, then I think she'd actually finish it because I want her to finish it. <laughs> so they have returned to the zoo. We get three paragraphs, and it's all about Harry, nothing about the shopping. Mm-hmm. They get back to the zoo, they meet up with the boys for this nonsensical plan that they have here, and they're going to hang out at the zoo and send the boys shopping. Right. Hmm. And, and the boys have been talking sports, right, Harry? Yeah, we've been talking sports, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, they, they walk up, and they're laughing and joking back and forth, and they say, hey, what's go- what's so funny? And Harry says, I was just telling Jake about that time you and Ron were out by the Shrieking Shack, and I terrorized Draco, Crab, and Goyle. And Miranda's eyebrows go up. Yeah. He'd been telling Jake, had he? Hmm. <laughs> uh, and Hermione's laughing, and Jake is... I think a, a, a little shocked that, you know, Hermione is laughing at somebody being made fun of mm-hmm. um, or terrorizing, quote unquote. And he calls them rebels. And Hermione and Harry, you know, unanimously go, misfits. Misfits, misfits. yes. Yeah. Which is what Hagrid called them, right? Mm-hmm. Only in the movie. Only in the movie. And Miranda <laughs> says, Harry, can I speak to you? And he's like, yeah. And he's oh, like, oh, before that, we got to talk about the chimp. And the chimp's name is Rupert. It is Rupert. That is true. That did make me laugh. Rupert grinned. 
I'm picturing Ron in the cage throwing fruit and his own feces. It's, it's, so it's not a chimp. It's an orangutan because it's got to be a redhead. <laughs> and they say, well, aside from that foul old chimp, what else did you do today? And they exchange a significant glance. And we talked sports. Right, Harry? Right, Jake? Yeah, Jake. Sports. That was it. Sports. Sports. doesn't believe a word of it, but she decides she's going to let them get away with it. But she like, figured. I don't like his they, nickname for her. Miri. Miri. That's not bad. It's better than Myony. That's true. She thinks that they've been having some unflattering man conversation about mm. women. Yeah. Uh, yes, because Harry's exactly the type to have a unflattering man conversation. So I think she's blaming Jake for well, this. Uh, I'm not sure Jake's quite that kind of guy either, but maybe. Jake, Jake kind of strikes me as a, like a little bit of a nerd. Not to say that's a bad thing. I mean, I'm a nerd, but no, you no, know, we're yeah, we're nerds. Are we here? No, uh, not uh, at all. Uh, I am. T- I'm a total hipster, just like my loud neighbors next door. So she she says, "Can I talk to you?" and he, I notice that you're calling him Jake, and he's like, "Well, he asked me to." And well, that just won't do. <laughs> poor Harry's I'll like, not be Mrs. Granger. Well, he gets to go by his given name. It's not fair. It's not right. And you will call me Miranda, won't you, dear? This this kind of reminds me of the very typical conversation that you get when uh, Sirius adopts Harry in, in later life, not as, like, a five-year-old, mm-hmm. where they're, like, discussing who's old, Sirius or Remus, or the whole, like, don't call me Professor Lupin, call me Remus or Mooney. But he says okay. Well, yeah. at least it's not the conversation where Harry's talking with the head of Gringotts, and he says, oh, just call me Harry. Oh, just call me Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Call me Raggy. <laughs> Shaggy. <laughs> uh, Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> you got some work to do now. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? That was like my f- like. <laughs> Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. I had a nickname. Scooby-Doo. I was nicknamed after one of them for a while, I think. Velma? As I recall, yes, I believe I was Thelma. My friend Dwayne was shaggy. Oh gosh, now I gotta find something else. Uh-huh. Thelma was always my favorite character. Of course. She had the glasses and I had the glasses. <laughs> but I was always so sad that, you know, Freddie and and Daphne seemed to be, like, together. Uh, okay, there's... It was never Daphne and Freddie. It was always... <laughs> wow that's awesome i really like that that's a very <laughs> lean and mean scooby-dooby-doo uh-huh. i love the zombie hand he's got in his mouth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me too and she's got and the stake in her bat in her belt that's yeah, very belt nice. and the machete and the shotgun she's like yeah bring and, it on and, and i like, love the stake up. on top of the van there yeah the, the misery, misery machine. machine yeah and you notice the heart Rest in peace, S and P and D, Shaggy, Fred, and Daphne. They're all dead. They're all dead. She's the only one who survived her and Scooby. So, But anyway, we were talking about a fic in Christmas time and not zombies. 
yes, we're, we're moving on to Christmas music, and we have Birdie, who's playing CDs. She never cared much for CDs. That was her husband's thing, but mm-hmm. when it comes to Christmas and Hermione, you have to have Christmas CDs. Mm-hmm. Yes, because Hermione is a little dictator at Christmas. Hermione's nuts. <laughs> There's no other word yes, for she it. She is. She's evil at Christmas time. They're all scared to death of her. They're like, oh my god, we're going to throw Harry to the wolves. Okay, and then, you know, it's just a little bit later when he's been helping her decorate, and they're all like, he's been in there for hours. Somebody better go rescue him. And he's like, no, I'm having fun. Bye. And they're like, he means it. He's actually having fun. They must be made for each other. It's Mikey. He likes it. Yeah. What's this stuff? Some cereal. It's supposed to be good for you. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. But that's next chapter, because right here, we're just arriving. They tell Bertie that Harry is Hermione's boyfriend now. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's all, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which is great. And she teases Jake, and she teases everybody, so that's cool. I love yeah. Bertie. Bertie's fun. She's insane. She's the batty old lady, and I love her to death. Yeah. Oh, really? Your boyfriend, you say? Well, you better get up here then, young man. You must have your hug. <laughs> Harry's like, people are hugging me a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Harry's got to go out and get the cat because Crookshanks won't walk in the snow. He doesn't want to get his feet wet. And all I can think of is, I don't see Hermione cleaning out the litter box. The cat needs to go outside. Well, maybe Crookshanks already knows how to go outside. I mean, he's half Nizzle. I know, but if he doesn't like to get his feet wet, then he's not going to want to go outside. I mean, like, my, my our standard poodle didn't like getting her feet wet. We still made her go outside when she had to go. Yeah, but... And we were out there for, like, five minutes maximum when it was raining. Mm -hmm. This is so very true. But, yeah, I I can't exactly picture Hermione changing the litter box either. And then you start to wonder about Gryffindor Tower and all these cats that they have living there. Oh, well, that's just magically taken care of. The house elves poop wherever, and the house elves clean it up. That's a shitty job. (laughs) Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. Uh, it's a shitty job, really. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there. Yep. That's uh, what we talk about on this podcast. Pee, poop, and vomit. Yep, that's it. <laughs> and wet dreams. <laughs> and wet dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and safe sex. <laughs> Uh, uh, public service babies do not come from married couples let, let's establish this well they can but it's not a, necessarily it's a, not, prerequisite. Not a prerequisite not a prerequisite what was that a, a prerequisite very good a prerequisite and I'm sorry I've had a beer and a half already tonight yay so we're going searching for the perfect Christmas tree. We and this are. is the first hints of Hermione's insanity. Mm-hmm. Because she says, no, that one's too scraggly. No, that's the wrong type. No, no, not this one. Not that one. 
No, this one will never do. Oh, this one is nice. The, the branches aren't as stiff, but they're generally fuller, and it's fine, and oh. Do you yeah. think Hermione's being a little more insane than she usually is because Harry's never had a proper Christmas? No. I bet you she is. Uh, I think she's insane like this every year because they wouldn't be this afraid of her if she wasn't. This, I is, think- this is Hermione's MO at Christmas time. I, I think oh. that she's being exactly herself. I'll agree with that, but I think in this instance, she's a lot less likely to bend. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the Hermione's that we, we've seen in canon, from her being at Hogwarts during Christmas, she's been fairly flexible as far as Christmas traditions go. It's I, very different at, at Hogwarts than it is at home, but yeah. Well, and I, I would just argue that I think... There's a bit of the fact that Harry has never had a proper Christmas feeding her insanity. Mm-hmm. Not to say that other things haven't fed her insanity in the pe- past, but, you know, it. this year, this is all about Harry and the fact that he's never had a proper Christmas before. So everything has to be perfect. Because if, if, it's, not Harry, if it's not perfect, then he's not going to have a good time. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So... so. There, I love yeah. to try and tell Harry, when she asks your opinion on a tree, just tell her it's whatever she thinks. It's the best thing that can be done when she gets worked up like this. And he says, you know, I have met her before. <laughs> yeah. And I like that he starts to really get in tune with her, and he can tell by her body language if she wants him to disagree with her about a tree and get into an argument about it, or if they should bash it. And apparently the two of them bash a lot of trees. Uh Uh-huh. He says, Dad went to look at Fraser's, and she says, Oh, those ugly old things? Mm -hmm. How about this one? Um, That's that's fine. Really? Well, could be fuller. fuller. Yes, of course you're right. Look around for a fuller one, but the height's good, don't you think? Mm -hmm. And they say, Oh, well, we'll find another one that's better, and there's a cluster of Douglases, and... She disappears between them, and all of a sudden, the jaguar jumps up at him, and he says, follow, give chase, pursue. Mm-hmm. Tickle yeah. fight! And he says, let's meet in Avalon tonight. I'm feeling catty. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> so, I was a little confused. Why does Grandma Granger have Douglas fir trees when... Fir trees, Douglas fir trees are like really only in North America and Asia. Well, I don't think these are on her property. They're at a tree lot. That's what I oh, think they are. I thought they were like live trees and no, like the they're forest at a tree behind lot. her. Yeah. See, I, I think part it's of it a is forest. it's a man-made forest. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is is part of I I kind of picture birdies as as your house too. So I'm just like, oh, there are trees in the backyard, and you can just go pick nope. one. They're yeah. they're on a tree lot because I just found where they say they're gonna go find the tree lot owner. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Yeah. So this is much more standard to my Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Jake sneaks back and says, "How's it going?" And she says, "Well, it's between these two. We can't decide." And Jake looks at Harry, and Harry kind of nudges his head one way, and Jake's like, "I like this one," and Hermione's like, "Yeah, that's the one I think too." That one just has more character. (laughs) And Jake Uh, feels just good enough to tease her. Are you sure you don't want to go look at the Frasers first? Honestly, Dad. 
and I, I did pick that up a few times in here. She says, honestly, Dad, or honestly, Harry, the same way she always says, honestly, Ron. Mm -hmm. But it's not exasperated. It's more playful. So I yeah. like that. So it's in character, because she certainly says honestly enough in canon. Yeah, it's but... definitely one of her turns of phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in there. Jake says, well, you're going to have to help me get it on the tree and stuff. And Harry says, man, I wish we could use magic. And Hermione's like, well, you know, pulled muscles. That would take the fun out of it. Yeah, and pulled muscles are best cured with a good massage. And Harry's like, oh, I think I've pulled a muscle. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, then and then she says, yeah, Graham's a fantastic masseuse. <laughs> Harry's like, that's not what I had in mind. Uh, she's misleading him and leading him on and teasing him and mm -hmm. it's yeah. new. She's never really had the ability to do this sort of a thing to a boy before and she likes it. She does. And I like that Harry gets a muggle Christmas because I can only imagine Christmases at the Weasleys would have, you know, throughout canon and after canon would have been nice but, you know, he never got the Christmas that he was supposed to get growing up. Right. I did like how when they were in the trees here, stepping back just a bit, he fished for a kiss, but she says, oh, my dad's around here, so he's right around here. We can't. We're going to get caught. Mm -hmm. It feels homey to him. Yeah, it does. So, And we go into our next chapter here, chapter 47, and I'd just like to read the first paragraph here. It was nearly midnight. The house had been quiet for hours. Her parents and grandmother had gone to bed well over two hours ago, and Hermione had been lying in bed staring at the ceiling in restless anticipation since the moment her head hit the pillow. Harry's hushed words still rang in her ears. Let's meet in Avalon. It had raced right down her spinal column, paused a moment to pool achingly in the pit of her stomach, and made her toes curl. He'd been a bit of the jaguar when he said it. Hermione could tell from his voice and his forwardness in public and the look on his face. It did dangerous, maddening things to her when her boyfriend was part wild animal. He was sexier when he was touching the jaguar. <laughs> so just then, Hermione wanted absolutely nothing more than to be the lioness to his black jaguar. Now, if that don't make you hot. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make me hot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that she sneaks out the window. It's <laughs> very cold teenage. Out there. <laughs> it's such a teenage thing to do, though. I know. It's, just, it's like late December in England. So? Yeah. And, she's, and she's supposed to be the smart one. And it's, yeah. Well, she's the hormonal one. She's the one that says, like, dang, I wish it wasn't so cold. My lioness likes the sun, but all right, I can handle it. She's about to be the pregnant one. And she walks <laughs> off. Oh, Jake, I'll kill her. No, not, not yet. For this yet. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. If we're going to rely on her hormones, she's about to get pregnant. They sneak off, and they're playing, and they're following in each other's tracks. She follows his tracks out there, and they're having fun, and blah, 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 blah. And then Kimmy shows up. Well, but they started to get a little uh, in a compromising position there. 
Oh, did they? Yeah, he was creeping up her back, as I recall. And he, uh, maybe not, let me read here. He was straddling her and had taken the skin on the back of her neck between his teeth. A thrill of excitement cursed through her veins as she bared her teeth. And then Harry was ripped off her, twisting in air, screaming in both surprise and fury as he was flung a short distance away. <laughs> Jumps up and he's ready to tear something apart and it's Kimmy. Yep. Kimmy's pissed. <laughs> Just what does Miss Hermione and Mr. Harry Potter thinks they are doing? Yep, because they're getting ready to do naughty things. To get catty. They were getting rid of, they were going to get catty. And they're like... Boom shabba lava <laughs> We haven't had a boom shabba in a while. And, you know, she's like, this is for important. This, the Animaguses are for safety. They're for very serious purposes, not for play. And they said, but, but we're just learning how to move in them. And she's like... Yeah! No. We need to push our limits if we ever have to fight you-know-who. And... Kimmy's thinking you won't be doing that to you know who. <laughs> That's exactly what she's thinking. Although that would be funny. No, it wouldn't. That would be very funny. Giant panther paws holding down his head. Yeah, well. And she says, you know, you snuck away from me. I how am I supposed to protect you if you sneak out and give try and give Kimmy the slip? And Harry's like, We can take care of ourselves. And Hermione says, yeah, Kimmy knows how it is. The animals get in your thinking, and what you're thinking isn't really true. Well, and I mean, there's also the fact that Harry on the surface will agree to whatever protections Dumbledore, you know, makes him take. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as far as what he knows is, the only thing that's going to protect him is him. Right. But they didn't know about this, that the animal gets inside of them and causes them to be more reckless. And so, mm -hmm. they, this is a great line in the next chapter. That's bad cat thinking. <laughs> yeah. And she dries them off and takes them back to the house. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then we have a scene change. Mm -hmm. And we're decorating the tree. And yep. Hermione is in charge, running her little dictatorship. And everyone else is hiding out in the kitchen. Except for Harry. It's been five hours. He's going to crack. That's inhuman. And I love that the women oh, wait, no, just Jake go out. Yeah. I, I read that as inhumane, which I think was more the author's intent. Oh, well, okay. Or he's but it, inhuman it does for inhuman. being able to put up with it for five hours. That's true. That's true. So, but, you know, so Harry's absolutely... No, not quite yeah. that far. <laughs> I don't understand why they don't, you know realize that Harry's absolutely smitten with their daughter, and of oh, course yeah. he's going to go as far as, you know, she, you know, she says jump, he's going to ask how high. Right. And if I help her decorate the tree, maybe she'll let me kiss her later. Yes. Or do more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. No, Kimmy will stop that. Bertie's like, we should do something, and Jake and Miranda look at each other, but they're in agreement, and they're like, go Jake! And he's like, me? But, 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 all right. <laughs> Once more into the breach, and out he goes. And Hermione goes off to get something, and, and Jake's like, hey, man, if you want to go to the kitchen, you can. And Harry's like, but I'm having fun. And Jake just goes, what? And I'm sure that my text reader said, Jake looked at Harry agape. Agape. <laughs> that's usually... Agape. Oh, 
the thing is, though, the author has a rare typo here and uses the wrong spelling of breach. Should be B-R-E-A-C-H, because the one that she uses here is B-R-E-E-C-H, which is defined on dictionary.com as the lower rear part of the trunk of the body, the buttocks, mm-hmm. <laughs> the hinder or See, lower part of anything. Which is why you have a breech birth, because that's the part that comes out first, is the buttocks. Yeah, it's a yep. breech clout, is what the uh, Native Americans mm-hmm. would wear. So... <laughs> Uh, just Jake saying, oh, once more into the breach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm so glad that this pick is rated M, so we can just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it has to be. Having uh, such fun with and it, And I'm though. so glad we're explicit. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jake's like, hey, son, I can spell you if you need a break. He's like, but no, I'm having a great time. And Jake's like, yeah. What do you I mean sleep? a break? It, no, it's fine. <laughs> and Hermione's like, Dad, do you want to help? And you hear this danger, <laughs> Will Robinson, danger, <laughs> danger, danger. <laughs> retreat. Please retreat. state the nature of the medical emergency. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally so so he says, "Oh, it looks like you and Harry have everything well in hand. Wouldn't wouldn't you say so, Harry? There's Giving him one up. last shot." And he says, no, we got it under control, thanks, bye. And he says, well, I'll just be in the kitchen helping Miranda and Bertie. Yeah, and Miranda's like... And he goes back in. Go ahead. She's like, you left him! <laughs> I tried to pull him out, but he's enjoying himself. <laughs> She's and like, really? He can't mean that. He can't mean that. He just doesn't want to hurt and- his feelings. They're, you know, interrupted by Hermione and Harry laughing. Yeah. And um, he was trying to disentangle the skirt of the tree, and his jumper got caught on the tree, and just, you know... Yeah. And, uh, he's all know, tangled up. One of the balls falls down and falls and lands on his head, and she starts laughing, and then he reaches down to right himself, and of course he puts his hand on the ball... And it rolls out from underneath him. And all I can think of is they have stronger balls than we do because our little glass balls would have shattered and he'd have been bleeding all over the place. They have big brassy balls. Oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> we never had balls for Christmas. No? No. Yeah. no. I think part of it was since we had a dog that liked to shake her tail, oh, um, yeah. my mom didn't want to invest in them. But we we never really we never really have we've never had the big glass balls. I've never really experienced that. I don't know what they're made of or anything. Very fragile glass. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I'm they surprised they're up. not made of like thin titanium or something. And, and I, you know, they're all. I can just picture them. They're kind of like hiding in the kitchen and peeking around the door with like one eye. He's, he really is having fun. Yeah, I know. I'm picturing this a is stack amazing. of heads. Mm-hmm. The totem pole sticking around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yep. One head on top of the other. Yeah, that's it. It's so pretty funny. They give Harry an early Christmas present. It's a Christmas stocking with yeah. his name monogrammed on it. And, and he doesn't know what to do he's with never, himself. He's never had yeah. a stocking before. He's no. absolutely oh, stunned by see, this it. This is another moment where it's just like, I just want to hug Harry. Because, you know, to never have a Christmas stocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, what did he need one for? He never got presents. Right. Right. He was a non-entity in that house. He wouldn't need a stocking. Mm-hmm. I think there was a fic where I saw Harry had a very small stocking the size of, an, of like, it was clearly, like, Uncle Vernon's old sock that they used, mm-hmm. and Dudley had two stockings. Yeah. That were huge. Or something. That were and huge. And they ran all the way to the floor. Yeah, I've seen that, and it wasn't even Uncle Vernon's old sock. It was, like, Dudley's baby sock. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, so Harry gets this tiny little stocking, and, you know, Dudley has, like, two huge ones that are packed to the breaking point. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that, like, he never got... It, it's like when you run across a pic where Harry... Or it, it's like the moment in a year, like, none not, not other, where Harry, like, makes the offhand comment that he never had a teddy bear. Right. And it's just like, oh! In a lot of ways, that's even worse than hearing that Harry's been hit all his life. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a basic, basic thing. Yeah. That we take for granted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Bertie watches them together as they hang his stocking, and she like, you think they just might kiss already? And Miranda's like, Mom! And she's just, you know. <laughs> yeah, and Jake agrees with that. He he's, might be fine with Harry dating his daughter, but he doesn't want to see them giving each other a dental exam with their tongues. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Bertie's <laughs> like, Whoa! Oh, you please! Think they're you think they're not doing it, it when you're not around? They're snogging like crazy, I'm telling you. And Wouldn't the, surprise me to learn that the joke going around that private school of theirs is that there isn't a person who remembers what their faces look like, what with them being <laughs> pressed together all the time, uh, and, which is hysterical. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, they haven't done anything. The dog makes sure of it. Bertie's like, the dog? What kind of nonsense? The dog. The dog doesn't care. And they're decorating, and Bookie, bah, Bookie, Birdie shuffles them into the kitchen, and they get to decorating Christmas cookies. Mm-hmm. Or no, just having Christmas cookies. Yeah. And, and I can just imagine... J- him. Yeah, which she is does. always bad. And he's just... He looks at her with wounded eyes, like, how could you do something like that to me? Yeah. And she, like, almost freezes for a minute, and then just keeps going and you know gently pats him on the shoulder and and says you know after all the work you've done i'll not have you lifting a finger in this kitchen is that understood and stuff and they kind of get through it but yeah that shows them oh wow he really has been abused and while jake and miranda may know that i'm not sure birdie's known that she didn't i I don't think birdie had a clue like I, i i i think even for Miranda and Jake, this would be a shock because mm-hmm. he's never actually shown actual proof that he's been hit. Right. They've alluded to it. They've kind of skirted around the topic, but they've never actually addressed the fact that Harry's been hit. And I, I again, I uh, love that in a uh, year. I think they have. I think they have. Remember when he was sick and she went to feel his head to mm-hmm. check his temperature and he flinched back? Yeah. That's well, what yeah, started I, them yeah, knowing. So. That's true. But. I just yeah, love this the is fact something that... different. This is a physical swat. Right. Yeah. And, you and know, that's just all Harry is. Somebody who's been physically no, you know, because Harry is reacting idea. to the fact that Petunia would swing a frying pan at his head. Right. Yeah. So. Slightly different. Or, you know, or worse. Yeah. God so I bet you he got hit with a spatula plenty of times. Oh, I know. Oh, he yeah. Got with the wooden spoon. The wooden cooking spoon. You know, whatever's handy. Mm-hmm. Whatever she had in her hand at that moment was what he got hit with. Yep. yep. I, I just love the fact that 
I, I and this might just be a good like well thought up thing about you know the wizarding world and how that whole thing works of the weasleys never put it together to this degree like you know harry had an awful childhood but i don't think they ever realized that he was abused not to the extent that he was abused i i think to some extent that's just because the way it's portrayed it doesn't happen very often in the wizarding world you just don't hit your kids Mm -hmm. i think if molly had gotten wind of it i don't think anything could have stopped yeah. If Molly had gotten wind of it, the Dursleys like would be dead. Dumbledore would be dead for letting him be there. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, it. I mean, Molly <laughs> rages and rails up to a certain point, but if she'd known about this, I don't think even Dumbledore could have stood against her. Mm-hmm. Oh no, not yeah. There's, it, there's, it's just, there's just lines you don't cross, and that's one of them. And it's all I, I, well and good to live with family and have blood protections, but you don't hit children. Right, and I think it's a very interesting dynamic because where the Weasleys would feel comfortable making that move, the Grangers don't know Harry that well. So they don't feel comfortable making that move of of taking legal action against the Dursleys. Right. But they figured it out a lot faster than the Weasleys ever did. (laughs) Very true. Yeah, well, they also read the newspaper every day and they know what people do to kids. Uh, they hear the, yeah. the horrible stories yeah. of abuse and neglect and mistreatment, and they know that people suck and that they do this sort of thing. And Whereas I don't feel that a wizarding family's reaction to it would be any less. It's just not something they would necessarily come up with. I don't think, you know, when they think of... I, I think wizards abusing their kids would just look different because... Mm-hmm. Using your hand is a very muggle thing. So, like, you know, they a lot of fanfiction authors will use the fact that Draco is probably half abused and half spoiled, and will say that, you know, Lucius used spells against him when he was young. Mm-hmm. But, a beating spell. Like a, yeah, like a beating spell, but you would, you would never legitimately see Lucius hitting Draco. No, I saw... One, one, one time, and I wish I could remember which fic it was in, because it's a pretty good idea, is he instruct like, they beat the piss out of, the, of a house elf, and then he cast a spell that transferred all of the damage or the memory of the beating or whatever into the wand, and then whenever he cast another spell, it all went out with the magic as though it were happening, and it happened all at once, and mm-hmm. he used that to discipline Draco. I remember that too. That was a fic that I read as well. So I mean, it's I, it's a very. I think it was a year like none other, but I can't be sure. Okay. Because somebody I read that like please correct two us. years ago. Um, yeah, somebody like at least comment on the boards, like say which fic it is, because I don't remember. Um, I just know I read it. I just think and if it's you're going to go the abusive Lucius route, it's a pretty good spell to use. I just think it's very interesting how quickly Barty picks up on it. Of mm-hmm. just like Harry's, if you know, if this had been Molly, they would never have like concluded that Harry, you know, Harry's stiffening up, so Harry's been beaten. Yeah, it would be a whole big long thing, several chapters to find out what's going on. Yes. Whereas you know, Bertie realizes it, and then you know, kind of adjusts her attitude and movements. 
accordingly and realizes that they can't really do anything about Harry's situation except provide him from you know with yeah. Christmas and summer holiday yeah. you know a place to be that isn't well in this moment right here I think she's not she doesn't understand necessarily why he reacted the way he did but she knows it's not a natural reaction so she deliberately changes how she approaches him and says okay I think, uh, I think don't, when, don't do that again when kids stiffen up like that the first Route I go is the worst possible scenario, but that just might be me. <laughs> yeah, but you definitely don't continue to do what got that bad reaction. No, you set down the spl- spatula and then you, you know, start over. Mm-hmm. So, and we're going into the next chapter, and there's an author's note here that says the story's been finished and she's broken the remainder of the fic into chapters for posting purposes. And I think it's very interesting that she writes the fic as one continuous bit and then breaks right. it up into chapters afterwards. Right. It's just a different way of doing it. That's how I started. She says, wow, I've got 68 chapters. Yep. Yeah. And some are short, some are longer, but 68's a lot of chapters. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, it's a nice long fic. I will say I really, I'm happy that this season on Potterfic Weekly that we're covering longer fix because I really don't like it when we when we cover the one the one shots. <laughs> yeah, they're too short. It's just like oh, I can read this in like five minutes. Just give me five minutes and I'll read it. Instead and then we'll of we'll talk you know, about it on the podcast and go on to all these tangents. Whereas yeah, and, the longer I mean, fic, but also, character yeah, development. I mean, that's what dig people said it. they wanted when we asked. They wanted a combination, so that's what we were doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's great. And every once in a while, it's nice to have a one-shot, because we can pull Ryan in, because he doesn't have time to read anything. But if I give him a one-shot and say, Ryan, I want you to podcast, then, you know, and that's always nice. It, it yeah. is good, because the way that I, I I know that, you know, I've had some you know input on placement and everything, I really like the fact that we place one-shots in between the really long ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we, we didn't do that for Be Careful and... Um, and uh, this time around, which probably should have, because <laughs> they're both really super long fix. But in general, we've placed you know a lot of one shots around. Did you guys go chapter by chapter through? Be careful. Oh, I tried to get them to go character by character, but they refused. Who was? Dear God! It nearly killed me. <laughs> it was. I, I'm not kidding. It was six months of recording. It was. We, That's just we, nuts. We did a lot of recording on that one. That's hearkening back. How many episodes did you get out of it? Six episodes pretty much every week. We did double. I think we did 16. <laughs> so eight, eight, so eight, uh, eight episodes? Yeah, because we broke them in half. So there are going to be eight six-hour episodes coming up. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's after the end all over again. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's worse than after the end music. The after the end podcasts were, you know, they only like did an hour and chapters. Half. We did six. Oh yeah, so much better. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did more than six. But we should go back to the fic because it's going to be bedtime soon. Oh yes, the fic that we are reading. Yes. So Harry's sleeping on the couch because, of course, there wasn't enough room. There's not that many bedrooms for him. But he's found that this is kind of cool. Because Bertie's an early riser, and of course Harry's a light sleeper. So she wakes him up, but he pretends not to be awake. He pretends to be asleep. And it's just this weird little thing. But he kind of overhears stuff, and 
Mm-hmm. And this morning he's overhearing Miranda talking with Bertie about Harry being abused. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read just the first half of this paragraph because I kind of just love the reading. Bertie was an early riser. Harry was a light sleeper. Though he did relish indulging in the opportunity to sleep in, he didn't mind being woken early in the morning by Bertie meandering her way into her own kitchen. She was quiet and considered efforts not to wake him. Harry just wasn't able to sleep through her added presence in the common areas of the house. Not that such a tendency toward awareness of his surroundings surprised him. It had taken him most of the first year at Hogwarts to actually start sleeping soundly while sharing a room with four other boys. It required some readjusting of his programming. At the Dursleys, the rest of the house waking usually meant uh, the start of his daily ordeal to being the unwanted, mistreated freak. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, And it goes on from there. And I love the mention of his Pavlovian programming. Yes. You experience something a certain way long enough, and you'll react to it, and you won't be able to help yourself. Well, I mean, this wasn't realizations but there was a really it was an okay fic but there was a really good scene within an okay fic where oliver wood is trying to get harry up and he can't and ron knocks on one of the uh poles of his four poster bed and of course harry immediately goes you know what is it Petunia?" and you know wakes up right and oliver's like this is great i can use this all the time when i want harry up and you know ron's just like you do when you die Mm -hmm. And this this whole concept of Harry has been programmed from a young age to essentially be a house elf. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Is horrifying. Mm-hmm. And yep. when authors don't put it in there, the readers miss it. Because they know Harry has some programming to him. Yep. So he's faking sleep, and Miranda never catches on to him. Not like Hermione. No. Well, Hermione's probably used to it. Mm-hmm. After you know, five year or four years living in the same dorm, at the same room, but the same dorm. Mm-hmm. He just you know, it's just this luxury for him mm-hmm. to sit to just lay there and pretend to be asleep. And he doesn't have very many luxuries at all. So, Mm-mm. but we have uh, it's Christmas Eve morning, and they're gonna start baking some pies and stuff. But they they don't want to do it because we don't want to wake Harry with our ruckus. Mm-hmm. They discuss his abuse mm-hmm. and mistreatment and the scars and that he and didn't I, have a loving home. And I love this so much because fic authors will either ignore this part of it or, you know, and I'm sorry, Death, but they will go overboard and Harry will tell, you know, everything to his friends slash their guardians and whatever. And I really don't like it when Harry says, you know, tells them everything, because that's not typical, like, that that never would happen. Well, and I like that he's fighting here. He's fighting not to cry. He doesn't want them to know he's awake, so he's got to lay there and he's got to not cry and not let them know he's he's hearing them. And he's like, you know, I I face... Moderator, I I would like 30 seconds to respond, because I... sorry. (laughs) Well... I, I can see your opinion, Cat, but at the same time, when I do that, he's in the situation where his friends are going on and on about the awful things that they know muggles do to each other and they, they how they treat people. So all Harry is really doing is confirming, yeah, that's right, they do stuff like that. Yeah. They did 
some of that to me. And it's not that he has to take this step and bring it up. They're already in this mode, and they're perfectly willing to listen to anything he says like that. I understand why you did it. I just think it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily entirely realistic. For, you know, I, I could say, I could see him saying, yes, muggles do that. I can't see him saying, they did it to me. Very good. I just wanted so to anyway. respond to that. There yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was a, it, I, it did not bother me as much as other people who have Harry spewing his guts to Molly Weasley. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which drives me up the wall because, you know, that, that there's no way Harry would ever do that. Um... But this is just this just lands on it perfectly because it exists. Other people know it exists, but Harry will never talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like what we were talking about earlier when he he was having that conversation with Jake, and he doesn't want to let himself need family because he's scared he might need it too much. Mm-hmm. This kid is so tightly wound. Yeah, it's a freaking miracle he's like breathing and and functional. Yeah, and his emotional health is something that's never dealt with in mm-hmm. canon or yeah. in a lot of fic. Right. Well, I mean, because if an author were to address it, he would be, you know, in, you know, at the funny farm for six years. That would, would be, be a, a great giant- way for the ministry to shut Harry up from talking about Voldemort as they get him counseling and they send him off and. <laughs> And then they like, say, oh, the boy who lived is work. crazy. He's in a loony bin. Yeah. Yeah, that's one way to do it. That's for sure. That is. Somebody write that. I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see it. I don't want to read it, but I want I want to see it. Done. Jake gets up and interrupts their morning session, so that gets Harry out of the woods there, and then pretty soon Hermione the gets up. woods? And, yeah, out of the woods. And uh, now if we could just get Harry up off the couch, we might have a proper day. And I swear and that like, boy oh, sleeps like he's taking a hit of the happy gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hermione just knows he's already awake and he's been listening to every- everything. Yeah, so sooner or later you're going to hear something you really wouldn't want to. He says he doesn't mind. Yeah. So, and they, They're getting ready to go to these people's house. and Poor Hermione. I mean, here's a little, we've been talking about Harry and how bad Harry is, but she's got to go to this Christmas thing at the McCormick's every year, and, mm-hmm. and their kids are just, grandkids are just horrendous, and they pick on her and everything else, and, you know, beat the dog. They're rather impressive collection of grandchildren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like there's a dozen of them. Yeah. They're brutish the lot- buffoons. Yeah, the lot of the McCormick kids tended toward marrying the less intelligently inclined, shall we say. (laughs) Yeah, their idea of fun is goading the dogs into fighting and doing other things, and every year I'm expected to spend the afternoon with them. And Bertie says, well, that's true, but they're good friends of mine and we really need to go. Uh. And Harry talks them into letting them stay home. And Graham's not sure because, you know, they are teenagers and they could get up to hijinks, but... Miranda says, it's okay, the dog will be here. <laughs> is like, what is it with you and the dog? I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I, the dog. Love, I love she says, well, if you and Harry are going to be here alone for the better part of the day, I'll have you know that there will be no fooling around in our absence. 
right there, right putting it out in the open, and both of them start flushing and like, Graham and she says, We've put out the nativity set and it's just not right to have carnal knowledge in front of the Son of God, even if he is in plaster and paint. <laughs> they're just like beat red, it's great. Yeah, and they're covering up uh, hands and they're like, No, don't look at me and must write that down. To... Do not have carnal relations in front of the baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And Harry's wondering if Kimmy will take him in. Mm-hmm. But uh, out they go. And, and then Miranda says, Mom, please, I'm sure we don't have to worry. And Bertie says, Oh, you think not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, She's a card, Bertie is. I, I love, love Bertie. Yeah, Bertie's awesome. They say, don't forget to feed Tiggy. Have a good time, but not too good a time. Yep. Off they go. And Harry's like, your grandmother's something else in her mind. He's like, I am sorry. <laughs> She's crazy. Well, but, you know, of course, you know, Harry's been exposed to Aunt Marge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bertie versus Aunt Marge. Bertie wins. Yeah. And Harry figures that since he came to her rescue that he deserves a kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like maybe there's 15 grandkids, because she says it's like having 15 crabs and goils. Oh, 15 men of action. Special. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that line. So, so, yeah, everyone does. So, Kimmy, this is where we get the line. That's very bad cat thinking of you. (laughs) Yes. Lovey dubbies. Have lovey secrets. Kimmy knows. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, well, no kissing. Baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, what? But even kissing? Better safe than sorry. Yeah. So they decided to tell her about the ch- about changing into the animals. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's astounded that they changed on their first time. And, and Harry's like, Headmaster Dumbledore and his brother didn't change on the first time? And Kimmy's like, oh, no, oh, they, they did. did. They did. They're very powerful wizards. And Hermione's like, well, Harry's a very powerful wizard, too. It's Harry freaking Potter! Yeah. And Hermione's brilliant. There is very strong magic in Miss Hermione and Mr. Harry Potter. It's being a good match. Hermione may be brilliant, but if you you listen to the musical, Hermione can't draw. No. But that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we don't care. Maybe frumpy, but she's super smart. (laughs) See when I have conversation when, when I have conversations with people who even know the musical, they have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> How could they not? I, I mean, that all just go that flows. I'm uh, just running over you because I'm tired, but you know, I, I got it all. I'm thinking ahead. She's, okay, I got to cut this part of the musical out, and I need to find this clip, and I need to find this clip. What, what is going on? Everyone's treating me like I'm, I'm famous or something. But Harry, you are. I will say that the person that I'm referring to is a Darren Chris fangirl. So yeah, she knows the general idea of it, but you know, I'll I'll quote something and she'll have a very blank look on her face and I'll be like, "You are not the person that I thought I knew." Aww. Stop. But anyway, back to the. So, Jimmy wants to know if they've told Albus about the cats, and they said no because we can't let our secret out. It's very important to anyone. And then they tell her that they've been kipping off to the Forbidden Forest in the mornings when everyone else is still asleep. And, of course, that's when Kimmy says, that's bad cat thinking. 
Yep. Yes. This is when we find out so, about how much it affects them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's very interesting that the more time... Yes, I know. I find something interesting. <laughs> I, I never find anything interesting. Um, the more time you spend in your animal form, the more it dominates your thinking. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore, Albus, who doesn't spend any time at all as a goat has pretty much lost the goat. He probably yeah. could change if he really tried, but it doesn't really affect him too much. Whereas Aberforth spends all this time as... The eagle. What's the eagle's name, though? Is It's not Wings. It's... Um, I don't remember. Shylock. That's Shylock. I, I'm impressed with myself. He spends all this time as Shylock, and he has become, shall we say, a bit flighty. Mm-hmm. Which, which, I mean, kind of ties in with canon, because... Sirius spent most of his time as an Azkaban as a dog, and he's he's much more impulsive in the beginning than in the end. Though he's still impulsive in the end, he's like only impulsive because Harry's in danger, mm-hmm. and because he's been locked in a house for nine months. Right. And so they promise not to go into the forest anymore, and Kimmy says, now you're thinking, that's witch thinking, and she's very happy. And they... Yeah. And they give her boxer shorts, and I love the ones that it's an eagle chasing a goat, Mm -hmm. which is the Dumbledore brothers. Right, and Harry had them specially made, which I love. You can go into this wizarding shop and have your clothes made any way, you know, any kind of charm put on them to make them do different things. That's just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I just I I'm I'm now so weirded out by the fact that Aberforth was taken to Azkaban for performing charms on a goat. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> please please don't have been your brother. <laughs> just, please. You just wonder what those inappropriate charms were. Oh, we know J.K. J.K. Rowling alluded to them during J.K. that. J.K. Rowling said that it was just. Curling his horns. Now, come on. Yeah, I bet yeah, it curled yes. his horns. They were, they were quote-unquote, curling the goat's horns. But we know what that means as adults, because this is an explicit podcast, and this fic gets rated M for mature. Like, we know, but, but you know, then, of course, my mind goes to, please, God, say that Dumbledore was not the goat yes. in question. Oh. <laughs> Very much so. We need, we need oh. misanthropic to... Reminds me of a funny sort of line that you say in a pirate voice. Ah, I'll shiver more than your timbers, laddie. <laughs> exactly. By the way, I just got another... Uh, so last week when I was on the podcast, my mm-hmm. friend uh, invited me to Google Hangouts. And I was just like, you know, we, we should do this like tomorrow or on the weekend. And this is the, you know, the next time they've invited me to hang out is today. And I'm just like, I'm podcasting! You need to get them your schedule. Wednesdays are bad for you. Wednesday nights are podcasting night. <laughs> Silly little human. <laughs> oh, I'm listening to the the podcast and they just we just had data. Life forms. Silly little life forms. Life forms. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Kimmy opens another box and it's from Hermione's mom and dad. No, well, first she opens the one oh. from Hermione. Yeah. And they're suspenders. Yep. To hold up the boxers so she doesn't boxes. need to use rope. See, and I was always confused by that. Because don't boxers have elastic or are mine special? 
Well, well yes, but... they're huge boxers, and they're okay. not made for Kimmy. Okay. Yeah. She's yeah. house elf sized, and they're human sized boxers. But if 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 Harry went to a specialty store, why didn't he get house elf sized boxers? I don't know. But because, because the plot says so. Because Kimmy's not wearing the. I mean, in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong. Kimmy's not wearing them as boxers. Kimmy's wearing them as a full garment. So you have to have or they, like adult or she sized boxers, the, and they go from. She wears them on her head chest. too. That's true. But how does she get them to stay then? Because you can't just tie a rope around your head. Well, doesn't she have a? Well, uh, when they're on her head. Oh. I can imagine her that her head is big enough and mm-hmm. her ears are poking out the legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I don't have a problem with. But when she's wearing them as boxers, I think they're big and they slip. So she has to tie them up with rope and okay. then if you get her and, pair and of suspenders. And they go up to her chest, you know? Isn't that how yeah. you see them? Oh, yeah. yeah she's so. totally dressed like Steve Urkel. Yeah. And so yeah. she needs the suspenders. And these suspenders are cool. They change color with whatever she's wearing, which I love. And Kimmy thinks these are way cool. Yep. So, and then we get one from the parents. Which are just shorts, not boxer shorts necessarily, but shorts that say attitude on them. Of course they do. Which remind me of my, I, I, when I was in high school, I was in handball choir. And we have, uh, like, sweat, sweatpants that say ding dong on the bum. Nice. So, those remind me of those. And then she gives them little orbs that are kind of like the remember all only not basically they're like walkie talkies you know she anywhere they are as long as they speak her name into it she will hear them and come so when was this published i don't know after half-blood prince so i i'm i'm confused why they didn't use the mirrors instead of the orbs because this is health health magic it's not yeah giving this sort of a sphere is a really big deal Mm-hmm. Okay. She's as good as saying that Harry and Hermione are her master and mistress. Yeah. She will come when they call. Aww. She's a free house elf, but she's chosen to give this sort of devotion to them. Mm-hmm. Which is very sweet. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's like Dobby and Harry. And then... Yes. And as much as I like Kimmy, I do sort of miss Dobby. I miss Dobby a little, too. Especially Kimmy, in these chapters. Yeah, she's very excitable, but she's a, a bit. She's still a bit more sedate than Dobby mm-hmm. is, and I don't know. Misanthropic was able to give Ron some character growth. I think she could have done the same thing with Dobby. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it wouldn't have been quite the same because this is supposed to be somebody that's taking care of Albus and Alberforth and knows all of their. Oh yeah, secrets. and knew about the Animagus stuff and so yeah. on. So I was able to help them with that, and because the plot says so, and right. but you know, I, I would have liked to have seen Dobby at least a little bit in this fic, even if we do have Kimmy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Wouldn't it be fun to see Dobby get jealous of Kimmy? Oh, oh that yeah, been fun. totally. That would have been an interesting plot development. Very much so, because he would have been very jealous of her. Mister Harry Potter is letting another elf serve him. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Serve, not 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 the other thing. Serve, not service. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, I just found this. It's really awful. The ones uh, who gave her these ones. The ones that Jake gave her. They're pink, and 
written on the ass in baby blue is the word attitude. <laughs> where, where were you five minutes ago? Because I just covered that. I was looking up something else. I'm sorry. I just I had to say that's just not right. Kimmy with words on her ass. <laughs> well, I I mean I have sweatpants that have words on my ass, so you know. Yeah, but I still say they'd be right or proud. You know, they wouldn't be on her ass because they're hiked up to her armpits. No, they'd so. be on her, her hips. They'd be on her shoulder, almost on her shoulders. Yeah, well, I do have the help of a grass on my shoulder. Mm, there you go. So Harry goes out to feed the horse, and he and the horse have started to have a little bit of a relationship. She comes to him now because... Yeah. And he's he talking her. to her, just like he <laughs> talked to Hedwig, and like he saw Hermione talk to Tiggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this. He's trying to get her food and stuff, and she's nickering, and he's like, I'm working on it, Tiggy, hold your... Self when I was in I have a friend ahead. that I grew up with that um instead of saying like hold your horses she would say hold yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that became a thing that we like everyone in our little group would say, Hold yourself like just hold on Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I like how that comes out again. I like Harry exploring the barn. I liked all the old photographs. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing Miranda when she's Hermione's age. Seeing Harry become the horse whisperer here. Yeah. He mucks and, out the barn. He does all this stuff, so it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. He's not the horse whisperer. The horse whisperer is when the horse gets into an accident. Oh, whatever. I haven't seen it. It's a good movie. It's a better book. Yeah, it is a much better book. I have too much on my There's list. There's more angst. Sorry. <laughs> There's so much more angst in the book than in uh, the movie, which oh, yeah. you know yeah, seems yeah, impossible since you know in the in the film the girl loses a leg and the horse nearly dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he finishes up there and he's heading back and he hears Hermione singing the same song from his vision, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that just stops him cold. Yeah, it does. And he's yeah, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And, you know, Harry asks her about it, and she says, it's one of my favorite. Don't tell Ron, though. He'd never let me live it down. Why would Ron know about a muggle song? Well, I think it's Is just it? because it's sappy. Okay. But why would yeah. Ron even like be like, I know the lyrics to this song, is my question. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I, I'm not sure it is a muggle song, because it's called Give Our Magic Time. Oh, Okay. So it might be a wizarding song, and therefore Ron would know it and wouldn't think highly of it. Right. And she had to have heard it up at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the girls probably like it, and all the blokes are like, Oh, mushy, ew, <laughs> feelings, ew, emotion, ah. They curl up, and I just think this is so neat, because earlier we found out that the only time that Harry ever saw a Christmas show was a few seconds that he caught when he was, you know, like seven and having to make dinner for the family and he yeah. snuck out to see it. And so they sit on the couch together with Kimmy and they watch a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a nice little time out for him. And in my mind, they're watching the Doctor Who Christmas special just That's because. Not right. uh-uh. no. <laughs> oh, the Doctor, oh! Who. Doctor Who. I'm sorry. I, I, I went totally somewhere else. I didn't hear Doctor Who at all. What did you hear? Yeah, I'm picturing the Grinch. Grinch and I'm like, Christmas. no, this is not right. No, 
Doctor Who! Because they have the Doctor Who's Christmas special on. Okay, that one I'll buy. So. That's awesome. And I know because, you know, all the birds get it, like, you know, 12 hours before the Americans do. So I have to, like, log off the internet because all my British friends are just like, It was so good! I'm just like, I don't know. Talk to me. Then when the movie's over, Hermione's like, I have to go take a shower before I smell. And Harry's like, I like the way you smell. smell (laughs) (laughs) You smell like pheromones. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so she goes to take a shower, and the phone rings, and he looks around like, "Uh, should I answer it? And he's like, oh, I guess I better. And he's like, hello. And the person. Hello? I think I got a wrong number. Yeah. No, oh, no, I'm sure you're he, you're calling the right person. Um, yeah, she's, she's over at the McCormick's at the moment. I see. Who's this? <laughs> My name's Harry what? Potter. Harry who? <laughs> He's like, yeah. That's cool. refreshing. So know me. And says, Potter, may I ask who this is? Oh, this is Ben Richardson. I'm Roberta. S- oh, the one in the States. <laughs> well, you know a bit too much to be a burglar, so what are you doing there? Yeah, what are you doing in my mother's house? <laughs> I'm Hermione's Potter. boyfriend. <laughs> She's like 12. Uh, 16, but yes. Damn, has it been that many years? Yeah. Well, I'll be her boyfriend, huh? That's going to take a bit acclimating to Next time he calls, he's going to be her husband. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, unfortunately, the adults get back at that point. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're like, Ben's on the phone. Yep. And we find out they're expecting. Yep. A fourth yep. child. They're Catholic, too. Which means Hopefully that they're, they're... going to come visit anytime soon, because the, t- the reason they haven't come visit lately is because they can't afford the plane ticket for the whole family. And now they're adding to this family. So, yeah, we'll never see them again. And in Uh my mind, they did four and four. (laughs) And Harry just sits back and he basks in the domestic bliss of learning about the addition of a new member to a happy family. And this is a joy, not the bane that his arrival had been to Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon. And once again, he's contrasting this with the life that he knew. And this is better. And his old life sucked. And of course, Harry's happy, so shit has to get the phantom. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we go to bed. Well, Hermione goes to bed, and she's of course staring at the ceiling because it's Christmas Eve, and she can't sleep because Santa's coming. Oh, no, that's not true. But she. Not the Christmas. She's thinking about everything, and she finally decides that she's going to get up and have some outsider or something because she can't sleep. And coincidentally, Harry can't sleep either. How about that? Such a coincidence. Yep. So they get their hot cider and they sit down and they talk and they're just very, very comfortable with each other. And then Harry slips that he used to sleep in the cupboard under the stairs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I... I really like this because he is so relaxed. He has lowered his defenses so much. Yeah. And one of his deepest, darkest secrets has just come out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's embarrassed by it. And I love this because he never told them in canon. Yeah, he never did. And he tells her the truth. And, you know, I didn't have a bedroom. They kept me under the stairs. And, and she's like, you know... The worst that she's ever imagined the Dursleys being, it's worse than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her, 
Her heart broke. Her heart raged. She knew her mouth was agape and her eyes unblinking. <laughs> she tried to wrap her head around Harry's confession. How could anyone be so cruel to the one she loved so dearly? It was unspeakable. Unthinkable. Inconceivable! <laughs> Harry was an amazing, caring, loyal person, and he'd been treated like a vile criminal. A monster. If the Dursleys were magical, she'd ask that they be sent to Azkaban for the injustices they'd so callously heaped on Harry. With Harry's fame in the Wizarding World, it just might happen. Very if true. the Wizarding World knew how their icon of triumph over evil had been treated, whether he liked it or not, Harry was important to a lot of people he'd never even met. Their world wouldn't stand for it. But in the Muggle world, no one did a thing to help a kind-hearted, neglected little boy locked away in a cupboard like an unwanted stray dog. Now, can you just imagine the Dursleys being sent to Azkaban? Um, freak out so They bad. wouldn't be able to see the Dementors. No, but they'd feel them. Mm. Oh, yeah. The big thing with this is that I've always found it so interesting that in canon, Voldemort you know, compares his upbringing to Harry's. Because, you know, you can imagine an orphanage, you know, Voldemort as a, as a kid would be unwanted, but it was nothing to this. No. Mm -hmm. He wasn't actively abused, except if you count by the other children. Right, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, being abused by other children isn't the same as being yeah. abused by adults. Certainly not. Um, not even the same sport. Right, and it, it, it's, you know, she's just like, I didn't, like, she doesn't know how to process it. Right. This is somebody that she loves that, you know, even regardless of their relationship, this is her best friend. Mm hmm And he's letting something, you know, her into this world that he's let nobody else into. And she wants to do something about it. But, you know, Harry's just kind of like, whatever happens next. Harry knows if the Dursleys go to prison, that's not going to change anything. Mm -hmm. He's still going to be broken. He's still going to be damaged goods. Yeah. Right. And he doesn't tell her, he doesn't tell anyone, because he thinks it doesn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. And she says, no, you're wrong, it does matter. And he very much wants it not to matter. Yeah, and he'd like, he'd like to just forget about it. Him. Yeah, and... He worries that the more she finds out about what he went through growing up, that she won't want to be with someone who's as broken as he is. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he's putting up this brave front. And I, I kind of like the naiveness that Hermione shows. Because normally, you know, in fact, you'd see her, you know, having all that done all this research because she suspected and blah, 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 blah. But she says, you know, wh whether I do or not, it won't change us. And Harry knows that, it, you know, whether they stay together or not, what he tells her will change her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other cool. fix, she's trying to get him into a 12-step program to deal with his issues. And here, she's just saying... She has no, she, she has no experience with this. Which it doesn't I love. matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he goes on to ask her about divination and... The draught of the foreknowing and the vision that he saw. And yeah. when did you have some of that? Well, Trelawney gave it to us. That woman! <laughs> that bitch! <laughs> did Dumbledore know about this? I can't believe she was passing out mind-altering substances. <laughs> of all the irresponsible uh, hair braid. 
And she's seething. Yeah, she is. Well, I mean, you can totally tell that Hermione is seething at Trelawney because she can't, you know, be angry at the Dursleys directly. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And so So. he's like, so do you don't, you don't believe it? And she says, no, you know, maybe, I don't know. I have doubts. And he goes on to tell her about the... Well, well, it would be incredibly close-minded of me to say with certainty that there's no possible way to tell the future. Mm-hmm. She's back in, you know, research yeah, mode. Yeah, she, she's, she's giving herself the out, the caveat there. The, mm-hmm. Well, it's impossible to say exactly, for, but it's, the whole field of divination is just so dot 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 unsubstantiated. Mm-hmm. It can't be tested or proven one way or the other, really. So she's very much taking up after McGonagall here, mm-hmm. yeah. who calls the whole subject of divination rather woolly. So, so you know, these two topics back-to-back, like, total total legit choice on Harry's part, but total bad idea. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, first heavy, you know, I've been abused most of my life, and here's confirmation on this fact that I've never told anybody before. And then, you know, this whole prophecy, like, you know, out of foreknowing thing where you know I saw you and there was a baby and her but you know like, this is a really rich. good thing to get her off the topic of the Dursleys oh yeah, yeah. It, it's totally like I could totally see this is totally in character I could totally see Harry doing this look but, the distraction you know it, it, it's Hermione sat back in shock she was in overdrive she had to break it down like it's just like and I totally read that as she had a breakdown because mm-hmm. I could see her mind just having a breakdown at this point. <laughs> well, and yeah. then he tells her about seeing the baby and she immediately goes into her place where she's not good enough. And she's yeah. like, Oh, the only reason he's with me is because he saw this vision. And Harry's like, Whoa, whoa, time out. Bullcrap. That is not it. I yeah. love you. You are an amazing, wonderful person. I don't know why you don't get this. Yeah. But she withdraws from him. She she moves away from him, and that just crushes him. He doesn't yeah. know what to to even think about it. But she's so well, far gone that she she can't help but retreat because she's still trying to process all of this. And I can see mm-hmm. from Harry's perspective, this is you know she doesn't want to have kids with Harry, mm-hmm. and you know this is a rejection. Now he's being rejected, and he's putting on the brave front because that's what Harry does. But, right. you know, he's being rejected and, you know, it, it's kind of like, you're good to go out with in high school, but, like, I don't want to, like, marry you or anything, like... Yeah, and um, he's like, please he says, don't freak out, don't freak out, I'm sorry I said anything. Yeah. And that snaps and then, her out of it. And her brain is just going along this process, and Harry wanted them to have children. Mm-hmm. Motherhood. Oh, she never thought about it. Before Harry kissed her in the common room, she never let herself dare to believe that someday she might one day have the romantic kind of love, to say nothing about children. One needed to work up to the idea of starting a family. (laughs) (laughs) She felt like she'd been shoved into the exam room starkers without a clue what the test covered. Even if she had had thought Even if she had thought about having kids someday, it would have been in the extreme abstract. Harry wasn't talking abstractly. So it was down to a question of how she felt to what he felt. Did she want to have children? She couldn't honestly say. Not yet. 
She needed time to think on it. She needed time to think a lot on it. <laughs> Did she want to have Harry's children? There was no way she could deal with that. Just no way. It was too recently sprung on her. But she knew she wouldn't want to have anyone else's children. Right. And then she, her hand flies up. Where did that thought come from? <laughs> and why, why did it ring so true the moment yeah. it came to her? Yeah. Yeah. What did her subconscious know that the rest of her didn't? And the answer to that is her subconscious does not rely on logic. Yeah. It's entirely emotional. Yep. Which Hermione, I can totally tell that, like, Hermione's the type to be like, no, my subconscious is totally worthless. It's emotion, and emotion is worthless because it's all about logic. Logic and reason and science. Our yep. science. Our reason. Our answer to the great question. Sorry. <laughs> 42. And she, you know, she says, I thought you were out of my league. And he's like, I don't like it when you say that you're not pretty and you're not everything. And she says, but I'm not. Honestly, Harry, you don't, I won't be upset if you think I'm plain. And I love what he says. I wish you could see yourself the way I see you. I didn't mm -hmm. say you're pretty because I'm your boyfriend. If you'd asked me in third year, I would have told you so. Now that I'm your boyfriend, I know it's okay to say I don't think you're pretty. And she tries to smile bravely. And he says, I think you're beautiful. This is so sweet. And I sweet. mean... It's, it's two damaged people healing. Mm -hmm. Because they're or starting realizing... To at least. Starting to. Starting to. And then he says, do you trust me? And she says, of course I do. He leans in, moves her hair aside, kisses her neck, and he says... You're beautiful to me, and all I'm picturing is you are so beautiful <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's playing in the not the turnaround music, but no, I know exactly the music you're thinking of. Yeah, and I love how you know they go over. Harry thought that she was going to end up with Ron. That she's really, he's really glad that she didn't. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, Hermione's really glad that he didn't end up with Cho and it comes around yes. to one of my favorite points in the fic where Harry voices the fact that he always thought that she was out of his league. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the way around. well, he's been, you know, basically beaten down and told he was worthless the enti his entire life, you know? Yeah. And I like that you're always that misanthropic through in the line books and cleverness. She ret returned a small smile Flitting across her face at the memory. And that's an echo of her line in first year when they're on the race to go get the right. Philosopher's Stone. You're Which, a great wizard, you know, Harry. Me, I'm just books and cleverness and mm -hmm. you know, Which memorizing reminds, stuff. Which reminds the reader that like Hermione and Ron as a couple, it really isn't supported by the canon. Because... Every moment when the chips are down and, and they need, you know, they have that really pre-battle moment, it's between Harry and Hermione. Ron has nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's really great to see a callback on that in a Harry-Hermione fic. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed that th this ship, more than others, tends to build on what has come before. Yeah. And this initial characterization 
this is, is more realistic. This is them, and this is what it leads into. I, I will say that I am not a cannon shipper, but I will say that a Harry or Hermione sh- uh, ship is more realistic than a Her- uh, or I almost went flash there for a moment. A Hermione Ron sl- uh, ship, as far as what the cannon supports. That being said, I don't support a stick. Cat doesn't ship. Those revelations. Yes, I do not ship. I like non-shippy stuff. I like when people just tell a story instead of all this random, you know, the romance is, though, stuff. You that can't just tell a story about teenagers. There has to be ship involved. No comment. <laughs> and so no moving on. comment. <clears throat> if there's not actual shipping, there's wanting to ship going on on their parts. We have oh, them talking all that. along. I'm going to talk over you. We oh, have fine. them talking <laughs> all night long. And Did they get caught by Graham. Graham catches them sort of dozing in the morning. And, you know, yeah. Have you two been up all night? And yeah, like, the sun is just starting to come up. I guess so. Happy Christmas. This reminds me of the New Year's That Harry a History came out by Melissa and Ellie. I was like really like not tired at all so I read the entire thing from like midnight to 6am and my dad came down and was like have you been up all night? I'm like yeah guess <laughs> I'm so. in college leave me alone this is how I do things so Harry goes in to help her get ready for the day and Hermione keeps on Harry's couch and kind of dozes back to sleep and as Miranda and Jake come out they're like um, why is Hermione in Harry's bed? <laughs> well, they stayed well up all at night least Harry's chatting. not in Harry's bed. That's very right. true. And then they send and Harry in to wake her up because she's a bear in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And he goes in and says, well, it's time well, even I'm before that, looking at my notes here, and they uh, when Mary comes in and they have they they put Bertie on a bit and they say, oh, don't have to worry about anything. No, not the dog. Jake put the fear of God in Harry. Mm-hmm. I do like, I have to say, um, to close out chapter 49, uh, Hermione's going back to bed. Hermione goes, well, by lunchtime, she'll be a member of the Harry Potter fan club. And Harry's just like, there's not actually a Harry Potter fan club, is there? <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> yes. And she doesn't answer him. It's just like, yeah, there is. <laughs> it's sort of like and Jen singing, I didn't want to tell you, I wrote a spot about you. And, and Ryan's like, you didn't really, right? And Jen doesn't actually answer him. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those moments of just like, oh God, like, just the non-answer is worse than the answer. Mm-hmm. So. And now I have that song stuck in my head. Thank you, Sue. Anytime. So, we go on and we do presents and... And when I can't Wonderful. sleep, I can't be part <laughs> of the place cross. You make me cringe, cause. <laughs> well, I, and Harry's great. Harry gives these great presents. He gives Jake World Cup tickets, and he gives Miranda a dress that will always fit her, no matter how much weight she gains or loses. That's just an awesome present. Mm-hmm. For a woman, hell yes. Oh yeah. There's nothing so it's more of, you know, I lost my pound. I have to go shopping again. And then Harry gets the best present of all from Gran. Condoms. <laughs> He's just like, I always joke how Molly is giving Harry and Ginny condoms. No, but it's Bertie. There's no joke here. No. 
and everyone starts turning red. But we don't get any resolution on this. No, we don't. Because, because... Dumbledore is knocking on the door five seconds later. Mm-hmm. And they open it up and they say, Oh, headmaster! And Bertie's ears just go up, Huh? What's the headmaster of their school doing here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have to tell her about magic because they're handling... Well, they're... I'm saying this badly. Yes. He's there to report that there's been an attack on Privet Drive and Dudley is dead. Yeah. Have you called the police? No, we're handling this internally. <laughs> we're at school. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, so she thinks maybe they go to a spy school. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're like, no, we're magic. And she's like, if that's the cover story for your spy school, it sucks. You need to have a yeah. new one. I, I love this. I love this phrasing, though. Um, and this is referring to Harry reacting to Dudley's death. He didn't know where he'd finally find himself on the issue when his head stopped spinning. Angry, sad, guilty, in some horrible, despicable way, slightly happy. He honestly didn't know. Dudley had tormented him, beat him up regularly, despised every moment that Harry lived and breathed and was a stain on his perfect home life with his overindulgent parents. And now he was dead. Yeah. And, and it, just it puts there. the reader in a funny place because there has been absolutely no attempt to redeem Dudley in this fic, mm-hmm. and now he's dead. And how yeah. are we supposed to feel about that? Right. Hate his guts, just like I always do. Yeah. And so well, they... what were we talking the other day about Draco and Ron and Dudley? And let's make a list of the people you'd like to see turned inside out. Yeah. <laughs> Malfoy's and the Dursleys. Those are the, the like the. I, and, you know, I know in good fic, P.S. kind of got on me about, you know, hating characters. If you can't hate characters in fiction, you are going to hate somebody in your real life. Well, and that's I just, think that's part like, of a of a good writer. I mean, if you're writing a character in such a way that you can make people hate them. Yeah. Then that's that speaks volumes for you as a writer. You yeah. need to have people love them and hate them and laugh and cry. I mean, that's that's the goal. You're supposed from, from even from canon. You are never supposed to like the Dursleys. You are always supposed to hate them. Right. They are evil and they are assholes. Yeah. There you go. They're not good people. No. There's no real reason. To, and it's just weird. I've been thinking about how we want to see a good fic written that portrays the Dursley side of things, mm-hmm. and because I've been listening to the relevant episodes of. It was uh, Jules Fick right. mm-hmm. that you covered of secrets. Vernon and Petunia, secrets, Vernon and Petunia starting to get together and date and whatnot. And, and I'm just thinking I'd love to see something like that. And, you know, he, you know, he comes home and he's a Petunia, I got the promotion. And, oh, Vernon, that's wonderful. We must go out to celebrate. And I can picture them be positive with each other in their own interactions, but objectively, on the whole, they're just not good people. Mm-hmm. Right. Do we have to end with 50 Bs? I really want to see Hermione try and kill the Dursleys. <laughs> no, I like 50. Okay. We'll I think this is a good place. It's a good cliffhanger, because, oh, Dudley and- is dead. Dun-dun-dun! Spoiler alert. What happens next is a foreshadowing of what's going to come up a little bit next week. If you don't want to be spoiled... Skip the next minute. 
I mean, I agree that it's a good cliffhanger. I just kind of loved the fact that Hermione was like, you know, 12 hours after she finds out that, you know, one of the people that she cares most about in the world, and we have to cut all this out, but one of the people that she cares most about in the world, you know, has been sleeping under the stairs for the first 11 years of his life. Yeah. You know, like, then she meets the Dursleys. And it's just like... And I then kill them. twelve hours later, they're having bad juju happen to them, and you know Hermione's got to be thinking, "Serves them right, little bastard." <laughs> they're in her face, and and you know Uncle Vernon's yelling at Harry, and you know Hermione, of course, goes apeshit. Like, and I'm just like, "You go, girl." Yeah, yeah. They're not gonna stand for it. So they tell Bertie about magic, and they finally convince her that it's real, and. They get everyone packed up to go because they're going to take the kids back to school and the yeah. Grangers and Bertie are going to go into hiding because it's not safe for them. Yep, and of course, and Harry has to have a single note of having a Harry uh, saving people thing, and he's going to blame himself for his cousin's death. Well, yes, and he wants to go and does. see them. He wants to go yeah. see them. He wants to go to Gringotts first, and he wants to... Go see his aunt and uncle and... Insert eye roll just, here. Yeah, we just know this is not going to turn out well. No, it's not. But it needs to happen. Hermione needs to kill the Dursleys. <laughs> yes. Well, someone does. Kill the Dursleys. Kill them. Yeah, you don't, want it, you don't want it to happen of natural causes mid-coitus. Oh, yes. I just read that chapter today. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Who was on top? Ah, I think it was Petunia. Mm. Although I still love the visual of Petunia being on the bottom and screaming for Dudley to come and save her. That's just something. Poor Dudley. <laughs> That's one instance you can feel sympathy for Dudley. Yeah. There you go. And Dudley in, in that particular fic is starting to be good anyhow. So so I think we have finished with our discussion points. Let's sum up for tonight. Yeah. Kat, go ahead. I, there were definitely points that I had issues with. But as I said, this 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 set of chapters contained one of my favorite spans of writing in my thick reading career, and I you know I I I can't really say a whole lot against it because you know the author did a splendid job of towing the line between you know over the what I consider over the top and bad fic mm -hmm. and just blatantly ignoring it mm -hmm. and i i give her you know kudos that the grangers would figure this out a lot quicker than the, the weeklies would and it's you know it's, it's fantastic true and of course i'm i'm excited for next week because you know the grangers know what they know and now they've got to deal with the dursleys to mm -hmm. you know they're which is gonna, always fun yeah Always. Well, and, and the Grangers and are you muggles. get the Dursleys, and it's not the beginning of the fic, you know it's going to be fun. <laughs> and, well, and, and the Dursleys and the Grangers are muggles, so it's not like the Dursleys can turn out their nose like they do with the Weasleys. Right. Uh, the, Dur the Grangers can make trouble for them in the muggle world. Oh, the Grangers can make massive trouble for them. So much. Well, and I really liked watching... The Christmas. I mean, it's neat to be able to see Harry have the Christmas that he's never had. 
And yeah, Hermione's sort of insane when it comes to Christmas. <laughs> sort of insane. He had a really good time with it. And I, I love the whole, you know, okay, so if it's got a silver bow on it, then it's a magical gift. And we have all these things. and They color-coded Christmas. They've put a lot of thought into this, and it's just fun. And I liked seeing Harry and Jake become closer. And mm -hmm. I just love Gran and watching their interactions. And that she gave him condoms was just hysterical. Yeah. His reaction to them when he figured out what they were, and, <laughs> you know, Jake and Miranda are going, oh, they're only 15. And Grant's like, yeah, they're 15, you know. Exactly. It's about time to give these to them. Yeah. Yeah. I know you want to be grandparents, but not quite yet. Not yet. And there's also yeah. the fact that the Wizarding World has different age standards. Mm -hmm. True. True. Yeah, I have very much enjoyed these chapters for tonight. It's a good break. We seem to have really good chapter breaks because we're getting away from school and now we're Christmas with a defined set of characters. And I'm glad to get back with the Grangers. I'm glad to see Birdie again because she's a hysterical character. I'm just enjoying the holiday time. I'm enjoying the healing that's going on. And that's really the primary function of these chapters in this Christmas time here is to give Harry the Christmas he's never had before, as you say, to give some pleasant and good to counteract all of the bad that he's grown up with. And now that we've had that, we're going to go confront the bad head on. Right. And I enjoy the writing. I enjoy the depth of characterization. I enjoy Jake just sort of losing his mind. And it's like, I'm not, comfortable talking with this I'm just going to my heart's going to give out and I'm going to die except for then they're going to do the autopsy and they'll find out that I died because I was discussing discussing mushy emotional type stuff and then the lads down at the pub are going to find out about it and they'll laugh at me and he's just very concerned with keeping up this manly image of himself and doesn't want to talk about effeminate things like feelings oh, no. and whatnot. so I'm enjoying that characterization. I think Birdie's a wonderful, hysterical character. And it's just a lot of fun. It is. It is fun. It is a lot of fun. And, I, you know, it's like I said... For all, the angst, for all the angst in these chapters, it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. And I guess with that, we will say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, well, everyone. Well, On to the wonder of that world through many pens, and we'll never let go of all the ones we've made our friends. And they'll say it's only a podcast, but we know it's much more than that. A community all of its own Where we even have our own sorting hat Where the hosts are all our friends And their stories told by Jen We'll always laugh before the end 
Father, think we plead where the story never ends.